Hello and welcome back to the big one. It is the Turf Talk National Hunt Season Preview. How many times will James mention Lost in Translation? How long will it be till I decide I like a novice hurdler simply because they're a big? And how many times will single fan payment be beaten favourite? All of those questions surely will be answered. I'm Lewis Tomlinson, as per usual, James Watson. And it's great to have back from our friends at Rating the Races, Liam Dye. Hi there. Thank you for having me back again. Um, I will just tell you something. You said said how many times is James going to say about uh, Lost in Translation? I was going to sit here and tap it and count every time he said it. (laughs) (laughs) Keep that to yourself, Liam, and then give it to us afterwards. And then what we can do is uh, make sure the listeners count how many times he does it, and we can try and get a prize around it. Let's let's try that. Let's make it a bit exciting. Okay. You're going to have to. You're going to have to outdo yourself for your own birthday this year, because obviously last year you had a Lost in Translation cake. (laughs) How did you top that? Um... If I ride Lost in Translation. <laughs> I don't think that will happen. Even <laughs> after the year we've had, that would be something I could practically guarantee might not be happening. Uh, look, I'm, we're all buzzing. I love, you know, we all love the jumps. And it's just we're just going to go through a little bit of an overview of the four main divisions. We've got the Turf Talk 12. Uh, from a few of our friends as well who've contributed to that very kindly once again. Going to have a, a little bit of a run through of what we think about in general about the leading novice chasers who might be the leading novice hurdlers. And then the horses who you've asked us to discuss on Twitter will be running through all of them as well. So we will start with the four main Cheltenham Festival divisions. And the first one to discuss is the two mile hurdlers. The best prices for the champion hurdle. At this stage, we're recording this on Thursday, the 22nd uh, of October. So around just just over four months till the festival, and the best price is Epiton, 9-2, to defend her crown. Six is Abacadabras, eight is Goshen, ten is Saint-Lois, sixteen is Honeysuckle, twenty is Envoi-Alain, 22 to one Shishkin. And then you're looking 25 to 1 bigger price as a remainder, most of whom won't go out. Bouva Dares amongst the 25 to 1. Outside is that's interesting. Aramon's injured, he's also 25 to 1. He won't turn up. Charger and Saldier also at that price. Jim, I'll, I'll come to you first because I, I already have an opinion on this race. Yeah, um, well, the reigning champion uh, heads the top of the market, doesn't she? Uh, having won it very impressively last year, she progressed nicely uh, as as a, from a five to six year old career. Um, we saw her uh, only three times last season, and I know the season was cut short, but then three performances that she brought up, won every time was breathtaking. You go back to the, that intermediate hurdle where um, I think Nikki Henderson threw three darts at the race, and uh, she absolutely bolted up that day for Aidan Coleman. Uh, and there was rumours then that they were aiming for a possible champion hurdle and, and then dreams soon were becoming reality uh, as she then went and won the Christmas hurdle uh, on Boxing Day beating your standard British champion hurdle types in your silver streaks, your Vedana Blues that you need to be beating to be having a very serious chance in the race and 
she certainly didn't disappoint and was a, a, a very impressive winner of the champion of the last season. Uh, you can put, put your holes in it and say it wasn't a very good renewal, um, but you could say exactly the same about the upcoming uh, season that this year's renewal on paper may not be as exciting as maybe you possibly want. And there's a lot of question marks to be asked about a few. I respect episode at the top, um, but I'm quite hot on one, quite shortly behind her in the market um, in Abacadabras. Uh, I, I thought last season uh, he exceeded my expectations, uh, finishing second to Siskin at, at Cheltenham all of it by inches in the end. Uh, I, I, I thought, being stood on the rail watching the race, I, I thought Abacadabras had got up, uh, but Sis, uh, Shishkin had uh, carried on challenging to the line. He bumped into Envoy Allen uh, last season in December in the Royal Bond and certainly cred- ran with a fair amount of credit in that performance. He beat Darvis Star that day uh, and we saw what he did in the champion hurdle last season, finished third uh, in behind. I just feel like this novice going into the to the big tier and, and the big boys, um, I think there's a, still a fair bit of pro- progression with him. Uh, his hurdling will certainly brush up, I think, with another season on his back. Uh, it looked like a hurdler last year rather than a, than a chaser, and I like the idea that, that, that keeping him down this sort of route, I think Chiskin, very, very good winner of the Supreme last year, but Abacadabras um, was full of credit, and if, and if you certainly liked Chiskin for this season, you liked him going into that race, the form of that Supreme, I think, will be fairly decent. Um, I, I know we haven't seen many of them, or next to none of them at all, um, yet, but I, I do think the Supreme will turn out to be quite a nice little race, and I do think Abacadabras at this moment in time, 6-1, to one, he's, he's a bit on the short side for me for backing something in the champion hurdle at this time, but um, that's where I'd probably be landing at this moment. That's interesting, James, because I I like Abacadabras a lot, and I, res, I respect him as a main danger to the favourite, but I actually, I actually think Epiton has maybe hasn't quite got the credit she deserved for winning the champion hurdle last year because a lot of what she beat him behind wasn't of the usual quality. I'm not sure whether she's a poor winner though. You know, I, I don't think the field was deep, but I think she was an up to scratch winner. And I, if you were to ask me at this stage who I think wins the champion hurdle, I think the girl defends the crown. What about you, Liam? I am firmly in the Abacadabras camp here. Um, when he finished second last year um, behind Shishkin, I actually went and had a bet on Abacadabras and on Shishkin for the champion hurdle and the Arkle, respectively. Um, I think it was a really hot Supreme Novice. Uh, I get your point about Epitant may not have beaten anything, but what she did, she beat them decisively. So... Um, she may not be a poor winner. She just won a poor renewal. I think it was a poor renewal. Um, but I thought uh, Abacadabras just didn't have anything to take him far enough, I felt, in the um, Supreme Novice. If something had gone you know, a bit further um, in front uh, and taken him you know, further up the hill, he would have, he would have held on and, and managed to beat Shishkin. Um, I think it's, as I said, a really, really hot Supreme Novice. 
I don't disagree with you on that. I I generally think all three novice hurdlers, all three Cheltenham novice hurdles that season were well above average in terms of quality. So many horses in both the Ballymore and the Albert Bartlett that I look at and I think you could you could be grade one quality even if they were finishing fifth and sixth down the field that day. I look, I, I'm not anti abacadabras and I can see why he's why he's both like him. Another thing I think is worth mentioning about him as well, and this is a positive, is that he improved every time he stepped onto a race course off season, I felt. Mm-hmm. In terms of his hurdling, as a bumper horse he was a little bit wayward, obviously ran he ran out at the Dublin Racing Festival. He he looked like a horse who added to his game every time he got on the track, which I like. We've not mentioned Goshen yet, who in some places is shorter than Abacadabras to in this race. I'll throw this over to you first, Liam. Obviously, he would have been a runaway triumph hurdle winner. Four-year-olds don't have the best records of stepping into open company, but this lad looks not quite like the normal four-year-old. He doesn't, and he would have you know, been a very, very impressive triumph winner. Um, but the, the, the four-year-olds, the juveniles coming into... Champion hurdles the following year. It, I've really, you get so many that can't do it that even if one looks good enough um, on hurdles form, at the sort of prices you can get at four Goshen right now, and if he does win when he goes back hurdling, you know his prize is only going to shorten, and I don't think there's there's value in it now. I don't think there'll be value in it come from the Cheltenham Festival if he's won a couple of races. Um, but I wouldn't even be 100% confident that he's going to be, you know, whoever he gets it in the in the interim up to the Cheltenham Festival. Um, as for his flat runs, I would completely ignore them. Uh, you know, Gary Moore missed his the, the target they wanted to go for, or they looked like they were trying to go for one of the big staying handicaps. They weren't ready in time, so I just think they went, oh, let's just get some fitness runs into him then. I don't think there was any interest in actually trying to win some races on the flat, really. Um, but, yeah, I just don't like juveniles going into the champion of the following year. Maybe next year, as in 2022, but not th- not this year. I can't disagree with a word you've said there, Liam, especially... <laughs> look, it's, it's it sounds... Well, it, it doesn't sound off. It's, it's a way to look at it, is that we don't actually know what he's beat. We can guess, but when, when when the group are generally beating it, you know, beating each other, you know, I, I guess the strongest form line from a four-year-old taking on the elders last season is Nordano, you know, and 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 that's an absolute world away from from the champion hurdle. I'd look. I I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put anyone off. Being in Goshen's camp, I wouldn't say that I thought it was impossible. But at this stage, where he's as short as four to one in places, not until we've seen him against another generation. And if he if he ends up being the best hurdler in training, then fair enough. But he's far too short at the minute for me. Jim, what do, what do you think about Gary Moore's horse? No, it won't win. Simple as. I, I think you've, you've you've summed it up. I don't. I hate the fact that five-year-olds. Everyone fancies a five-year-old always to go and 
win champion hurdle. I know we saw Espoir, uh, was it Espoir Dallin? Yes. Uh, the old fated a couple of years ago. And he was, he was an exception because he wasn't campaigning necessarily as if he was going to win a triumph hurdle, for example. And I know he got injured. But he didn't feel like he was a, a triumph hurdle sort of horse. Whereas Goshen, I, I, I hate, I just hate the fact that you, you saw what it does to the five-year-old career because they go straight from um, the three-year-old career on the flat straight into the three-year-old career on the uh, four-year-old career over jumps. And they don't even have a break in between. And I think that just compresses them all together. And they, they're just worn out from the both of the seasons. You saw what he did to Deffy Desai. Uh, a couple of seasons ago, when he went, he was planning to go champion hurdle route, and then now, now look at him over fences. But exception, we'll talk about him later. But look what that did to him, and he's still a top class animal. Um, I, I don't, I don't fancy his chances at all. I, I really don't. I'm not. I've never really cottoned on to the Goshen fan club. Um, I know he's won these hurdle races impressively by 34, 23, 11 lengths and he was a run, going to be a runaway w- winner but the fact that he fell didn't really surprise me if I'm being honest because he's always had a few jumping tendencies um, I, I agree with what Liam said on the fact that they're not going to be wanting to win a Haydock handicap for seven and a half grand are they um, and he, he ran better I thought at, at Goodwood and they've obviously using them races as stepping stones so he's fit and a bit more prepared in front of the others and I, I, I couldn't have him at 4 to 1 I couldn't have him at 8 to 1 I couldn't even have him at 20s oh, oh, lay him to me <laughs> no no <laughs> <laughs> I'd lay him to anyone else but you I knew that would come in uh, I have already used a free bet on the champion hurdle. Uh, and I took saint at 16s back in August. Uh, he's as short as 10 to 1 now after winning really a race he was very, very entitled to win. I don't think I'd have backed him at 10s. And like Abacadabras in Goshen, I almost feel that because we know well, really, there's, there's nothing there's nothing from last season's group other than Epiton who really should be winning the champion hurdle this season. Therefore, you take, you're taking the ones who were running in novice and juvenile company, and they're probably all a, a point or two shorter than they normally would be, just because there's no depth in terms of established opposition, barring Epiton. So I look at Abercadabras and, so- and Goshen, and sort while at the minute as he's at 10s and think maybe a little bit shorter than I would have them, especially 13 to 2 in places, sort while, which to me is a little bit insane. I'm happy with a 16, though. Could he be a credible threat, Liam? He won a count to win off top weight, and I just feel that, you know, he was exceptionally well handicapped for a county hurdle it's definitely getting stronger the, the horses at the top of the the handicap could could compete in um, champion hurdles or, or at least formidable I'm just not sure that uh, he would he would need to show it for me that he can actually mix out well, out of hand out of handicap company with some what I think are better horses and 
and champion hurdle quality horses that could at least they don't necessarily have to be the ones that are going to win the champion hurdle but something that could finish fourth fifth sixth in the champion hurdle um i think i think you said he was at 13 to 2 in some places that's far too short at 16s you've probably got a decent bet there um if he if they can campaign him well you'll probably find he won't be anywhere near that price come race day but he still might not have actually proven himself he might just be picking off the the less um less highly regarded champion hurdle contenders really um but bookmakers still shorten them even when they beat them um i i don't like him i don't think he would need to show me more before he's just won a county hurdle for me and that's a handicap what do you mean you weren't impressed by by his defeat of the one three one rated Tigris River around Tipperary last month? Yeah, how disappointing! Uh, no, I agree. I I, I feel Saint was priced on potential, but there's not much else that I looked at a bigger price and thought had that potential. Your thoughts on the county hurdle winner, Jim? It was a good performance in that handicap, and, and like Liam said, I, I quite like to see him step up again. That race that he won uh, last month could have easily been um, could have easily been a, a, a handicap hurdle and I wouldn't have been surprised. They all ran off the same way and he did what he had to do and I, was, I wasn't that impressed. I'm, I've not quite cottoned on to him yet. He's another one I'm not strong on. I think, like Liam said, I do think 16-1 to 1 is some fair value there, Lou. Um, however, he's not for me in this. I, I, I'd I, I I respect him, but I don't like I don't like JP McManus horses that have. Well, I, I got stung on the arse with this with Epitone last year because I thought she was just a handicapper progressing nicely. Um, but I, I don't think they'd do the same again here. Surely not. You never know, mate. Like you said, there's there's not loads of depth. Uh, slightly further down the betting, we all agree, Honeysuckle unlikely to come here. Yeah, just, yeah. I'm, I'm, I got stung on that last year, didn't I? Uh, yeah. I, I think I had 16s for the champion hurdle and, and was made to look a bit of a muggy in the end. We had her at 40s, Jim. <laughs> We're 200, did you say? Oh, I had her at 40s. <laughs> was it 40s that we had? It definitely was for me, lad. I'm not sure whether whether you I, were a bit slower, but... I think I think I came up with the idea and then we both... Fancied her at forties, I think, if I remember right. And like we say, we can pay our bills with the value we got there. Uh, Ed <laughs> Voylan and Shishkin, same story. Probably won't go. I'd be shocked to see Benny Didier here. All those at bigger prices, and we're looking briefly. Could Bouvardet return to his best? That'd be a great story, Liam. I've uh, when I was going through the races, I just put next to him. That's the mental price. It's twenty-five to one. Yeah. If if the if we're wrong in the fact that the novices aren't that good or the juveniles coming through, he probably the likes of Epitant to really challenge him if he's anywhere near his best. Because when he was good, he was very good. You know, I almost I was I when I was actually looking through, I was just in the fact that I think they'll campaign him cleverly and he won't be 25 to come the day. Um, if he's back to his best or, or near his best, I don't even think he would have to be at his best. At his best compared to what 
in my opinion, Epitant ran last year, Bouvoudet would have beaten Epitant. Bouvoudet would beat Samwara. Bouvoudet would beat Goshen. I think Abacadabras is very, very good. And I think that race is good. But, but you know, he will be, he'll be 10, won't he, come Cheltenham Festival, I think. He'll be 10 or 9. 10. He's not, he, yeah. He's not, he's not 11, 12, 13. He's only, I know it's only, he's, uh, he will only be 10. And if they really carefully campaign him, if they get him back and he's okay, you know, they can be in training and everything. And then three weeks before he's entered in a race, they could go, actually, it's something to come up. We're going to retire him. Um, I almost don't want, I, I almost for him, I wouldn't want him to run in a race and finish fifth and go, you know, I'm really not anywhere near the horse I was. So I hope there are, they look after him in that sense. But if he got to the race, yeah, he's he's too big at 25s at the moment, and I'd love to see him come back. Absolutely love it. He 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 caught my eye. The first time he actually caught my eye was the race before his supreme novice run when he was third. Um, and I've kind of not followed him because he's been short price since then and pretty much all of his races, but supported him in in his races. And yeah, I'd love to see him back. Do we know? Just a little trivia question. Do you know the last ten-year-old to win the champion hurdle? Nah. Well, that's a good question. It that's... was Sea Pigeon in 1980. John Joe O'Neill rode for Peter Easterby. And how how many did Sea Pigeon win? He was a multiple winner, wasn't he? He won it uh, the year after in 81. Uh, did he not get the three? As an 11-year-old. Um, no, I think it's just the two. Oh, I'd love that then for Boulevardet to, to get the three. I say I'm a big Boulevardet fanboy and I agree with Liam. Overpriced. I also consider uh, the two Richie horses overpriced. Charger and Soldier. Look, Charger's Charger. And like, and like Liam said, if there's a possibility that Sotwa is a mid 150s horse and Goshen's a mid 150s horse, then you're getting last season's runner up on a horse who, alright, is by no means a legend of the game. But, at his best, certainly one of the best five two-mile hurdlers in Britain and Ireland. I feel he's a little bit disrespected. And Soldier became a little bit of a hype horse for a very, very minor period of time last season. And then once once he picked up that injury, it was like everyone forgot about him completely again. <laughs> Look... Okay, the defeat of Classical Dream looks better then than it did now in the Morgiana. But he's still thoroughly unexposed. As a four-year-old, you know, did he not beat Espoir Dallin? He did. So he beat a prior champion hurdler. He's a horse who's not had much racing. And he's one I can see. If he's back to his best, he'll win races in Ireland and go off a lot shorter. I feel he's too big a price at 25 to 1. Yeah, I, I respect that. There's there's one that's catching my eye at a big old 66 to 1 price, uh, and it's Edward Stone. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he was sixth in the Supreme Novice that me and Liam are, are quite keen on uh, from last season. I thought he ran with a lot of credit there. Um, I do think the ground on that first day was absolutely bottomless. 
I do think it was only described as soft, but it looked it looked hard going, and I certainly don't think that suited him. I know he he ran a decent race to finish second on on heavy in the Rossington Main, uh, and he'd run on good to soft before. But I do think he's a better horse on on better ground, and we saw him beat Fiddler on the roof uh, on his on, uh, in his first hurdle. Uh, start and I was I was impressed with that and and since then I I, I think he's a horse that needs a, a right good gallop up front and he can pick his way through uh, through the back and uh, side through his rivals and I think every year uh, we see that and the supreme helped him in that aspect that's why I think he was just found out a bit ahead far in a race bit stop starty gallop if I remember and didn't really suit him uh, however I think a nice strongly run champion hurdle. Because I think that we're going this this route with Edward Stone because he doesn't scream a chaser to me. He's not full of size and he's quite efficient over his hurdles. Uh, I just feel like I've, I think there's a bit of value to be adding 66s. I think that's a, a very, very fair price for a very, very good horse that we haven't seen his full potential yet. And he's been tried in fairly high company. Uh, and I, I think that that's a decent enough price. I mean, it's, it's it's a bit of a swing. It's a bit of a swing. I love that you've made the case. I I thought it was just done done for pace in a in a supreme, and therefore I don't think he'll ever be quick enough to win a champion hurdle. But it's, there is potential that if he does line enough up in a champion hurdle, he goes off much shorter via ways of winning races like the international. Mm. I, I think he'll pick up some races throughout the season, uh, and I do think that his price will. I can see him going off 20s on the day. Because the vast majority of those ahead of him in the betting and those those coming through the ranks, really, barring Goshen, are Irish. So it it, it, it might be the, you know, beat Ballyandy and Silver Streak again. Yeah, and, and the whole stone theory. Exactly. Exactly. It might be one of them. Anything else on the champion hurdle division for you, Liam? Uh, not that I can think of. I, I understand the the uh, angle there for Edward Stone. Um, yeah, he, he could well end up shorter price on the day. Um, no, I, I'm I'm really on Abacadabras, um this year. I don't often get too involved at an early stage, but he's one of the two that I'm I've had a a, a little bit on. Abacadabra said for Liam and for James, although James likes Edward Stone at a big price. It's about Epiton for me at this stage. I think she's the likely spinner of this race. Although I, I wouldn't be put off Saldier at 25 to 1. He's one I'm going to be keeping a huge J on this season. And you can also back Glynn uh, if you any better bet 365. I was waiting for it. I mean, direct form line via Papa Tango Charlie and Voyal has got seven lamps to make up on him, and that's exactly how horse racing works. Uh, moving on to the champion chase. This is a fascinating division this season. Absolutely fascinating. Probably, probably because none of them actually turned up last year. And the one that did, Defi Desai, ran the worst race of his career. Means... It's all a little bit up in the air. Best prices five to one Chacun Porsois, eight to one Altior, fourteen's Defi de Soy, sixteen's Aplutar and put the kettle on. 
20s for the reigning champion Politolog, 22 for Kiaduderi, 25 to 1. Bar then. Liam, I'll come to you first here, mate. My head's a bit mashed with this. I don't like this race at all from a from a betting perspective now, from trying to say who's going to win it now. I don't like it at all. I, I wouldn't know where to start. Um, the full team's about Defy Dessau. If you take his run, last run out at the Cheltenham Festival, that's huge. But they may go, well, he didn't like the Cheltenham, you know, the, the champion chase at Cheltenham. There was actually no real reason for it, so we'll change direction. We'll go up to the Ryanair. I'd, I just... I just don't know where to start in this race, is what I would say. I kind of agree with you there, mate, in the in in the sense that I look at all these prices and I think Chacon Poissois is overpriced at fives. I think Altior is overpriced at eights. I think Defi is overpriced at fourteens because I think the winner will be from one of them three. But there was so little to split them last season. I would have been with Altior for the champion chase last year. And because nothing nothing particularly has changed in the in the time since, despite the fact he'll be another year older, I don't see a reason to be put off by him. That being said, Chacon Poissois looked potentially monstrous. However, he's made with Linguine. So I'm not quite sure whether we'll see him. He's, he's never, you know, never made it to a Cheltenham festival before. He had to have three years off. He just not quite sure whether the chassis is there. Defe, look, he won a Tingle Creek and a Clarence House last season before flopping at the Cheltenham festival. He's a dual festival winner, so I don't. I'd be happy enough to put a line through that as an off day rather than Defi Desai being somehow unsuited by by that race. But like Liam said, of those top three in the market, he's the likeliest to go for a different race if they want to. Aplutar needs further. The mayor's race exists solely for put the kettle on. Uh, Politolog it was lovely that he was able to win, but it was a little bit like when they, you know what, like the Oscars and they give someone a Lifetime Achievement Award. Not because, <laughs> been, not because they've been particularly good in anything, but it's just because we, we like you when you've been around a while. That's what last year's Queen Mother Champion Chase was. Uh, lovely to see Politolog win, but he's 20 to 1. And he could, he could, he could easy make the free again. Easy make the free. One horse I did want to mention, and I think I will touch about touch on him with you both later. Well, I, I might as well throw this open to you now. Sorry, before I come to you, Jim, before you can talk about the horses you actually want to talk about. Uh, Fakir Dudari is a horse who, if I was his connections, I would have no clue what to do with this season. As a five-year-old chaser coming out of the Arkle, whether... T- whether they want to campaign him as a Ryanair Ryanair horse, whether they want to try and, you know, compete off top legs in handicaps with him. I think he's going to be a horse who, whilst I like him, 
and I don't think there's a problem with him. I think he's a horse who's going to have a very hard season. Uh, might struggle to win races this year. Uh, Jim, the champion chase from your point of view. Yeah, um, I feel like Politolog will be rising 10 at the end of the year. LTR rising 11. Uh, Shaq on pass, while you've mentioned, is about as sturdy as uh, some soup. Uh, and I, I don't think I thought that, that's one of the worst analogies ever. Um, and I, I, I feel like Defi Desai, I, I don't really trust around Cheltenham necessarily. I know he got his head in front in, in uh, the JLT. Who did he beat? Doesn't matter, lost in translation. Get that, get that down, get that down, Liam. <laughs> What he did beat him on New Year's Day, just remember that. Um, and I, I feel like Aplu Tar probably won't be turning up here. Put the kettle on. Duvan is even still in training. And you carry on scrolling down. And I texted you the other day to tell you that I've got the winner of the champion chase. And you could quite easily laugh at me here. But at 50 to 1, Grenatine of Paul Nichols is. A serious bit of value for me at this moment in time because I think he's an absolutely tremendous price. Um, he's been chasing four times. We saw him uh, in the Grand Annual finish fourth behind Chosen Mate. I was very strong on him for that race last season, if you remember rightly. And I watched the race through with my hands over my eyes in pain because every every time he went to move up in the field, he got chopped off stopped, something happened in front of him and he absolutely flew home at the finish and I was really, really impressed with that performance and I, I feel like he, he had plenty of excuses and he still finished strongly. Now I know that that was, a, that was a handicap and he would need to step up again but he's now he, he ran in that off a rating of 150 and he started off off 132. Now he's progressing nicely through them uh, and that was only his fourth performance in it, over fences um, the times of Musselburgh and Fakenham were very impressive. I was impressed with with them. I feel like that he could be a progressive horse this season because starting out in a in a handicap chase two mile around Kempton or something like that, uh, and see what he's made of there. If he wins that off t- top weight, that certainly chucks him into to this I- sort of idea of sending him two mile chasing in the big leagues. Um, I, th- I think he's he's one that could be progressing. He's very lightly raced. He's had nine starts. Uh, as I've mentioned, four of them over fences with three three wins to, next to his name. I, I think as as the young as he he could be a young pretender to come through the the older generation this year. Because I, I, as much as I respect Altior, I'm looking to take him on this year because it, they've completely messed him up last year, didn't they? Um, well, did he go back to his best in the game spirit, I felt? Uh, Maybe not quite to his best, but he did what was necessary. And no harm being done by surname in those circumstances. Yeah, I, I understand. And Shacon has never been a horse that's filled me with much enthusiasm. And at a big old price of 50 to 1, I, I think that Grenatine has got a bit of a chance if he kicks on again this season as he turns into a seven-year-old going into Cheltenham. I think he's got plenty of potential uh, we've seen what he's done. He's, he's improved ten to the dozen for offence, and I think that he's an outstanding price. And I think you should get on now. I love that. I absolutely love that. 
And you know what? I don't think anything you've said there is silly. That was the first time for everything. Christ. Oh, mate, you should see the grin. My grin's from about my house to Todmorden at the minute. <laughs> That's a long way for anyone from round here. Uh, from who's not from round there. Oh, I Happy days. I mean, I quite like that case, Liam. What about you, mate? I was just, I'm looking through the odds, and this can sound, this could sound really, really silly. So, Altior is possibly a little bit fragile at the moment. Say he goes halfway through the season, and then picks up an injury. What does Nicky Henderson have to throw at the champion chase? Mr. Fisher? Hmm... Does he want two or two and a half? I'd say two and a half, but... If he was desperate. Yeah, if he was desperate, wouldn't he go for the one that could run in the arc or... Oh! Oh! Shishkin! No, he won't, really. Oh, you're just tempting us now, aren't we? I mean, that would be some sight. I mean, I hope Altior runs in the champion chase and doesn't get injured. But in a world that he does, it's a, it's, it's a fun shout, that, that Liam. Oh, God. Just because there's a little bit of question marks about two or three at the head of the market, I'm not sure where else to look. You know, I we'll, we'll talk about Chishkin later. I hope he goes for the Arkel and, and wins that. But, you know, they do like to start sometimes put these horses in, take them straight out of novice company if they think they're very, very good. Just, uh, he's not actually in, even in the betting, I can't say, which is, no, I thought was a bit not. of a surprise. I thought they might put him in somewhere and, you know, maybe just one or two bookmakers price him up. Maybe, maybe, maybe Nicky Anderson's even, even already said that is never happening regardless. Um, but yeah, uh, other than, other than, that re- potentially ridiculous suggestion. I don't know who else I would look at outside the top few in the market, um, but I don't really know who I want in the top few in the market either. I have one at 33s that I can see, well, that I think is a grade one two-mile chaser, which is Silos Emery. And I bet Willie Mullins was kicking himself last season at running Silos Emery in the champion hurdle, because I think he's better than Politolog. Hmm. And if he'd have known Shaquan Poursois was going to get, you know, pick up that injury the day before the race, obviously Seahorse Emery would have, would have ran there and I think he'd have won it instead. Look, he's, he's not a horse who has had as much racing as people would have, would have ideally liked. Grade on winning novice hurdler, obviously. That was, that would, that will have been four seasons ago. Come Cheltenham. Mr. Foyer. I backed him for the Arkle after he won at Gordon on his chase debut where he beat the Arkle in a Duke de Geneva. Uh, got injured again, missed that. And all three of his, uh, sorry, both of his chasing starts last season, he won over hurdles at Gordon as well after that when they, when they tried to make him into a champion hurdle horse. They were both small field races, but he absolutely spanked Ornua at Nace. 
beat Ballyasheen very convincingly at Cork. Obviously, the big test for him was was a Dublin Racing Festival. And we saw him for about five seconds there <laughs> before he exited at the first. Uh, Willie has a ready-made substitute if anything happens with Shackle Porsoir in the shape of Seal Semere. And really, really, I think he's a better chaser than he is a hurdler. I wouldn't have gone back to him. I really like him and I think he's overpriced. I, I think he's a much likely winner of the way some political Yeah, I do think 33 is a fair bit of value there, Lee. Big fan of that horse. Before we get on to talking about the three mile championships, we're going to hear from the first three members of this year's Turf Talk 12. It's going to be our friend Paul Callahan, Adam Webb, and Adam Wood. Hello, everyone. My name is Paul Callahan, and the horse that I'm really looking forward to this National Hunt season has to be the Nicky Henderson-trained Shishkin. More went wrong for Shishkin when he took the, the Supreme Novices hurdle back in March, and the last Nicky Henderson-trained runner to take the Supreme Novices hurdle was indeed Altior back in 2016. And I think if Connections had opted to stay hurdling, Shishkin would be a lively contender and indeed one of the favourites for the champion hurdle in March. And I think it's interesting that Nicky Henderson has opted to send Shishkin over fences. He's already a winner of a point-to-point and I think this season the sky is the limit for Shishkin. Evening Lou, evening Jim. I hope you lads are both keeping well. Um, My horse to follow for the up-and-coming national season is a horse of Mickey Ammons called Shahalian Monroe. He's actually due to make his seasonal reappearance this this Wednesday at Weatherby. Um, So there's a very good chance that even though I'm recording this for you on Tuesday, he'll have already ran by the time the podcast comes out. Um, So everyone will know how he's got on. At the prices, I think he's currently about 7-1. to I'd like to think he's uh, he's got a decent chance going into that. He hasn't been seen since January, which um, obviously begs the question, will he need this this outing under his belt just to blow the cobwebs away, if you like? Um, But he's actually got a really good record when running fresh. He's still like the race. He's only had 11 career starts. But his first run in the 2018-2019 season, he finished a clear second behind a pretty decent horse who's rated in the high 130s, I believe now. Uh, his reappearance last season, then saw him win by six lengths in what was his chasing debut, up at Catterick beating the useful Captain Moret of Sue Smith's yard. He's three out of four of the large obstacles. Um, his only defeat came against Night in Dubai at Donny. I was at Donny that day. Um, I do remember distinctively going over to watch Shahalian Monroe walk in. Um, his connection seemed really delighted with how, with how he'd run, but they also seemed somewhat disappointed that he'd, he'd not been able to get the better of uh, the skeleton horse, the eventual winner. I'm making that what you will, I guess. Um, but his recent success up at Catterick at the start of the year was by far his most impressive. He hardly came off the bridle, pinged every single fence, taking everything in his stride. You know, for, for such an experienced horse, it was great to watch. Um, last season when he was sent chasing, he just seemed to improve so much with each run. Um, I still think there's plenty more to come from him, to be honest. It's hard to predict how he'll get on on Wednesday, uh, competing with a £9 rise in what's arguably his toughest assignment to date. Um, I'd love to see him finish there or thereabouts. That'll hopefully mean seeing him line up, you know, in some decent listed, maybe even graded events in the near future. Um, so, yeah, that's my host to follow for the season. Cheers for having us on, lads. All the best. I'm amazed I've been asked back to do this concerning the efforts of Domino Darling in two runs on the flat this season, having gone completely backwards from her maiden success at Doncaster last year. But my horse to follow for the National Hunt season, 
I've already given Bob Ollinger as one to follow on a piece I did somewhere else in recent times, but I'm going to go a bit more left field with a selection for here. And I'm going to go with a novice handicap chaser called St. Bart's, who's trained by Philip Hobbs. He's a homebred of Richard and Lizzie Kelvin Hughes of Santini fame. I like the way he progressed last season. He built on a mediocre runner Asker. He won at Utoxeter on heavy ground. He then finished third at Wincanton behind Hurricane Harvey. That form was already looking decent with him coming out and beating Emmiton at Utoxeter on Sunday. He then won on handicap debut at Ascot. And he was really impressive that day. Stepped up to three miles for the first time. I like the way he galloped up to the line. I think a mark of 125 is still very fair. I think he could rate a lot better than that come the end of the season. I think he's a horse well worth following. The feature race sent on the Thursday, and we took an executive decision on this. The feature race on the Thursday, no matter how much Cheltenham try and tell us otherwise, is the Stayers Hurdle, not the Ryanair. The Ryanair's not a real race. Uh, Paisley Park, 7-1 to one favourite to bounce back from the disappointment of last season and regain his crown 8-1. to one. Benny Dedier, 12's time, Hill and Honeysuckle, 14's. The Persian War winner, McFabulous, 16, Sire de Burley, last year's winner, Liz Nagar, Oscar, then you're looking at 20 to 1. Ronald Pump, Fury Road, Bouverdere, Delta Work, and Dame de Compagnie. Jim, I say you are bang up there with the top dogs at the Paisley Park fan club. Things just didn't go right for him last season in this race after looking as good as he ever was. Yeah, obviously he had a, a problem last season. They found out after the race he had a defibrillating heart. Um, reading up the other day that uh, he's had an operation on that to fix that. So that's a, that's a major positive. I, I was seriously upset when he lost. I was sick as a burnt chip. I, as people know, my Cheltenham went horrendously. Um, and it got to Thursday and I thought, I need, I need a smile on my face for something. And, uh, I was hoping Paisley Park was going to bring that but sadly he didn't and um, he's a horse I've I've followed for a while no people who've listened to this and been in here for a long time um, he first caught my eye in the, the Warwick, Warwick Leamington novices early flew home behind Mr Whip that day uh, he progressed it was an absolute gift of a mark 140 at Aintree he stepped up again to win the was it still the fixed brush then Um and he went from strength to strength that season, ending up winning the Stayers Hurdle, beating Sam Spinner that year. Um, we saw him withdrawn, a, was it a couple twice last season? I think due to the ground, uh, we seem to have serious question marks on him on heavy. Um, I thought he went through soft ground well enough. I didn't, I didn't personally see that. Maybe they were preserving him for Cheltenham. Um, he showed us. I thought his, his victory over Thistlecrack was an absolutely outstanding performance, first time out to beat him by a length. They were both primed and ready to go fairly early on uh, and it just showed the improvement he's, he's shown in recent years. Uh, got the job done in the, in the cleave. We know the way he sort of hits his flat spot, picks up again and flies home. Um, I, I'm i willing to just put a line through last year's day as heard. It, it was disappointing beyond belief. He had excuses as well. Uh, and at this moment in time, 
a seven to one, six to one in some places. But I think seven to one is an absolutely cracking each way price at this moment in time. And I, I can't really find a lot around him to sort of challenge him. Um, I know we, you've mentioned Ronald Pump, Bacardi's Lesnar Oscar all finished ahead of him last season. But I've got a feeling they won't be anywhere near this year. Um, maybe Lesnar Oscar might be a bit more competitive. And he was he was a weird horse last season. He'd been spanked in the cleave by Paisley previously. Um, and if Paisley was oh, fully fit, he would have... Oh, that He was spanked. Um, <laughs> uh, and he's, if we, me and you have both been quite a fan of Liz Nagar Oscar for a while. Um, but for him to pop up in the in the stays was not something I was expecting. Um, and I do think 7-1 to is a tremendous price. I don't necessarily like backing favourites at this time of the year for anti-post because I know a lot of things will go wrong. But I think he's tremendous value at sevens because he could go off 4-6 to six if he's by the end of, by the end of uh, beginning of Cheltenham, sorry. Um, because you look at the horse in behind, Benny DeGere probably won't turn up. Turn up. Tyne Hill, will he be as good, and, good a hurdler this year as he... Was in the novice division, will that farm work out well? Honeysuckle won't turn up, Bouverdere won't be here, Darvis Star's probably over a fence. Then you look to McFabulous, who's was breathtaking in that Persian war. He, we saw him win uh, the day after Cheltenham finished, and that was a very good performance as well. He, he's a horse going some places. Um, I think this season, keep him over, keep him over hurdles, and next season, go for, for fences is logical. Uh, he seems to be developing with every run. He's getting bigger and filling his frame. He's, he's a very likeable horse, but 14 is on the skinny side for me, in my opinion. And there's a horse in the betting that there's a horse that I fancy that's not in the betting at all. Um, and I'd be interesting to see how much, uh, what price he'd be put in. But I'm a fan of Decor here on days. I, I mentioned him uh, the other the other day in another in. A, uh, preview for Cheltenham for well, what will be this weekend. But he finished second behind Mossy Fenn, who makes his uh, chasing debut, and that was also in the Leamington Novices Hurdle. And I've got a feeling a step up to three mile this season will will see him in his best light. We've seen him uh, a couple of times uh, already this season. He finished fourth over two mile one at Galway, uh, which quite clearly uh, wasn't to his suit. Uh, suit. And we saw him over two miles seven in a handicap hurdle, and he won him won well enough and comfortably on in the end, and and that was stepping up in trip there. We saw him behind uh, Envoy Allen uh, at the Ballymore. He he just was never really a threat in that race and, and never had his opportunity. But I feel like um, there's a, still a bit more to come from Decor. Um, I think that the step up to three miles will certainly suit him. And he's sort of gone under the radar because it's Noel Kelly and no one really knows an awful lot about him. Uh, he has a, Ed McParland, who claims five normally, riding him most of the time. And I think he's he's not in the market, but I'd be introduced, I might ask about in the next couple of days to see what he is. Uh, and he might be of a bit of interest for me at a larger price, but I can't see past Paisley Park, in my opinion. Where would you start looking at the stairs hurdle, Liam? I think you have to start at Paisley Park. I know it all went wrong last year for him, but there was an excuse. If there hadn't been, then, you know, you you would have to start being concerned. I think 
if he wanted to to have a bet on Paisley Park now, his first run back will be very important, obviously. Um, you know, to make sure that he gets he gets round and and home safely and everything is okay. Um, but yeah, if you look at some of the others in the race, they probably won't turn up. That honeysuckle, you know, she surely won't turn up. I would quite like to see Benny Dejou running this, but I think they'll they'll go for um, almost like revenge or or um, what's I'm looking for. They want to be proven right that they would have won it, and um, you know, with a with a better ride from Paul Townend, um, they would have won the mares. And so I think they will stick to the mares route with Benny Didier. But I would love to see her running this. Time Hill is is very good. I don't know whether he's top top class. Uh, um. from a handicap to a graded race um, and to a grade one stayers such as Paisley Park did I I think we saw more from Paisley Park earlier on than we have from some of these these handicappers that are now going to try and, and get into graded um, company and scrolling down the list I, I don't see very much that interests me at all to be honest I'd, I, I would love to see Benny run but I don't think she will, and so I I wouldn't disagree that Paisley Park's not a bad bet at seven to one, even at at this stage. I don't disagree, even I think seven to one. What he's he's the one with the potential to be going off odds on, and for a horse who's seven to one, who could easily be odds on in March. Yeah, fair enough. Wouldn't put anyone off. Time Hill, he. He's almost there by default, isn't he? Because he's, there's not particularly much else new unless the mayor's Benedictine and Honeysuckle come here. I like Time Hill, he's a fine horse, but like I said, I'd, I think he just falls a little bit below the top class bracket. I think there were horses who finished further down the field than the Albert Bat, but, but I think a nicer prospect going forward. Uh, fabulous. Can't knock what he did in the Persian War. Always highly regarded. Good bumper horse. Took him a bit of time to come to come to the boil as a hurdler. Short on what he's done. Very short on what he's done. He's clearly on an upward trajectory, but I find him short. Sorry to Burley, who Timeform had as better than Liz Nagarovska last season. He ran to a higher mark in winning the Potemps of top weight than Lizzie Nagaroska ran to in winning this. Again, we know he likes Cheltenham. Even if he turns up here, he might end up going off a, a bit of a bigger price than he is now as well, because he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't do much winning away from Cheltenham. I wonder whether it'll be the sort of thing, whether he might get beat a couple of times in Ireland and end up a slightly bigger price. Now, I wouldn't back him at 12s this far in advance anyway, which is the shortest price for him. 16 doesn't tempt me particularly much even more. Liz Nagarovsk is slightly, maybe slightly disrespected. At 16-1 to one to say he's the reigning champion. And look, as a general group, without Paisley Park, there's very little in between them. You had three of the first four. 
last season were, were coming back off novice chasing campaigns. You know, things had gone wrong and, and the shape of this race is often the hardest to predict. Which is why I'm kind of inclined to look for those at bigger prices. That first of all, I can see why they've come here. And second of all, I think might be good enough to win. The first one is Carefully Selected, who, I mean, just shouldn't have run in the National Hunt Chase last season. Not a single thing he did last year screamed National Hunt Chase horse. It's symptomatic of, unfortunately, Willie Mullins running horses in the National Hunt Chase is that they have the jockey, and the jockey wants the horse, and sometimes they run horses in it that have no place to be there. Carefully Selected was the biggest example of that I've ever seen. And look, he's... He was a better novice hurdler than Paisley Park. He was a better novice hurdler, and he's the sort of horse who takes scrubbing along, races behind the bridle, that that goes well in this race. Now, obviously, Paisley Park's a better horse, but I think carefully, all carefully selected's ability remains intact. He's just a little bit of a sketchy jumper. Seems to get over his hurdles easier. This would be what I'd be doing with him if he were mine. He's 33 to 1, although, again... Look, he's got to go for this first before he becomes a bet. Bigger prices. Somerville Boy, I think to say he gave Paisley Park a race in the Cleave. I know he was down the field in the Strayers itself. But on that form, he won the Rail Keel as well. He's fairly evenly matched. Not evenly matched, but he's not a mile off Paisley Park. He's likely to go for this again. 25 to 1. I think he's overpriced. I can see him going well. If you can forgive, I mean, if, if people are forgiving Paisley Park, I see not much reason not to forgive uh, Somerville Boy as well. I know Paisley Park's was physical, but we know at his best, he's better than what he showed in the stairs. And also at 50 to 1, Harry Fry's horse, Phoenix Way, was my pick for the Potence last year, and he didn't end up running. Now, he's only had four starts under rules, and the last of them was when he won a, a potential qualifier from Kansas City Chief. He did that really with the minimum of fuss, only by a head, but it was Jamie Spencer-esque head uh, from Barry Garrity on board that day. Look, he's not beaten anything near the level required to compete in grade one quality but a seven year old with four starts under rules the last two of which he's won very very tidily wouldn't surprise me if he if he could pop up in a in a grade two hurdle and, and end up becoming a little bit of a left field contender for this race at this stage there's a hell of a lot of potential in Phoenix way I hope I hope well, I think he's better than some of the ones shorter in the betting. Whether he ends up being championship quality remains another thing, but I don't think 50s is an awful, awful bet. Uh, anything else from you, Jim? Um, not really. I, I, I mentioned to you in person the other day, I like Jon Snow. Um, he's he's progressed nicely through races, and we saw him absolutely bolt up in a uh, little novice hurdle around Killarney and... Um, there was some nice horses in behind, but nothing on his calibre. I think he's progressing the right way, stepping up in trip uh, up to up to two mile seven last time. I think three mile this season will will certainly be more up his trip. 
go have a go in a handicap next. I don't know how much he's been put up for that. I can imagine he's been rocketed twelve pounds. But he's a horse I, I I quite like, and he's improved with his every race he, he's gone into. And now he's running over a trip that I think suits him a lot more. I think we will see the better of him, and he's only a five year old. Yeah, anything from you, Liam? I don't think he'll be uh, running in this race, but Lord Royal, just in case they do keep him over hurdles, I think they'll go over fences, but he's just one that I'll I'll be just keeping my eye on. He's a horse who would be sensible to run in a national hunt chase. Mm -hmm. If they wanted to, for once, instead it will probably be something like Charger. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess it's it's brief. It's worth briefly touching on the Ryanair. Just prices at this point: eight's lost in translation, ten's min. <laughs> Sorry, I think I've just been sick. <laughs> Jimmy's not happy that the Gold Cup winner is favourite for the Ryanair in his head. Uh, Aplutar. Aloho, Sam Crowell, 12s, 14s, Monolise, 16s, Defi de Soy and Real Steel, 20s, Clandes, Obo. I've got to call him his full name, don't I? I can't just call him Clandes. Uh, 20s, Galvin, 20s, Mellon, 20s, Presenting Percy, 20s, Road to Respect, 20s, St Calvados and 20s, Top of the Game. That market to me suggests that no one has any idea who's going to come here, which is normally the case of the Ryanair, because no one really wants to win it. Uh, Jim, if I was to push you for a Ryanair selection at this stage and just a selection, who would you be with? I think I'd be in the camp of Real Steel. I was, I was really impressed with how he went in the Gold Cup last season. He loomed into the race on the outside. and We all sort of had the same opinion that he wouldn't stay. But I didn't think he finished that badly in the end. And he, and he looked a tired horse uh, coming, to, coming to the last. Uh, obviously, that stamina sapping distance completely dragged it all out of him. But I think stepping down to two mile five, two mile four, we've seen him uh, run over them distances in, in Ireland. Uh, he beat Footpad, uh, if you catch your mind back to last season, and he he wasn't too bad. He, he got the better of Secret Investor, who we've seen as well uh, this season, who's who's been electric. And the move from Willie Mullins to Paul Nichols is interesting. Uh, and I think if you were to push me, it's not a race I've got a seriously strong opinion on, but 16's about Real Steel is interesting, and hopefully they will campaign him over two-mile four, uh, two four route rather than trying to make him into a gold cup horse, because I think the Nichols horses have got plenty of gold cup horses. Yeah, briefly on the Ryan Liam. St Calvados, because I think he will be aimed at that this year. Uh, he was, obviously, last year. Um and he ran a great race. I think he would have won if he hadn't made a mess, mess of the last. I think Min's the likeliest winner to retain his crown. Just a... Not a vastly underappreciated horse. But he's taken some very, very, very good ones to be beating him. He just holds his form so consistently. I was so happy he got his head in front at the festival last season in taking this race, likely him said maybe on another day St. Calvados would have got up. And I also think that there are two at 25 that I feel are overpriced. Riders on the Storm uh, obviously wasn't asked for his effort and was still going well when coming down in this last season. The Ascot Chase was a race that kind of fell apart. 
without uh, with surname looking below his best. But he he clearly merits his place in a race like this, and for a Grade One winner last season, who was still in with a chance when coming down last year, I think twenty fives is a fair bit of value. I also think simply the bets obviously looks like a a group quality horse with what he did in the Burn Group Plate, beating Happy Diver and Mr Whitaker, two familiar Cheltenham Festival faces there. Uh, he wouldn't have been out with place in the Marsh, and he's twenty five to one. I wonder what they'll do with him this season, whether they'll start him in another, you know, the Bet Victor, or whether they'll try and win something like an Amlin or a Peterborough Chase with him for a starting point. It'd probably be, that'd probably be the indicator of whether he's potentially a grade one horse or whether he's just a top handicapper a la Kalashnikov. But uh, at this stage, I could see him developing into the sort of type that might be competitive in a Ryanair. The big one then of the season, the Cheltenham Gold Cup. I wonder who Watson will say when we ask. But the prices are at this stage. Six to one album photo, best price to make it a hat trick. Sevens for Santini. Twelves champ. Fourteens Minella Indo. Fourteens lost in translation. Sixteens top of the game. Then you're looking at 25 to one Delta work presenting Percy, Sam Crow, Alaho. And Benny Dejer will make Watson wait. Liam, <laughs> who's your anti-post pick for the Cheltenham Gold Cup? Uh, uh, I think I think the race from last year was very strong for a Gold Cup in the fact that in terms of the right horses were at the front and I think they'll be there again this season. Um, Alwyn Photo, Santini, who Um, I think all of them are going to be there again. Um, but I just felt Santini looked like he was in trouble. I almost kind of stopped watching him. And then when it was jumping the last, he was still there and and I, he didn't quite get out in time. We didn't have much room. Um, I know he wants, he probably wants three and a half mile. But I think they'll, they'll, it will turn out to be that this year for him. And he will this time get past. Um, but I do think the race in general, the front three, I could see them being the front three again. I don't disagree with you, and I'm with you. I'm a convert. I'm full in the Santini cap now. He's a horse who, for me, shaped best in last year's race. A little bit scruffy at the last, had to switch late on. R- rallied on up the hill. And look, for a horse of his age... And his experience, I know he's not from three at the festival, but he's run three fine races. He just doesn't get beat very much. I'd say the full list of horses who beat Santini during his career. Kilbrickenstorm, OK Corral, Labagoa, top of the game, album photo. That's it. They're the five horses who have ever finished ahead of Santini. And he was only net a neck of winning the race this season. Ten career starts still. Room to progress. He'll be nine next Cheltenham, the perfect age. Like Liam said, it's probably on the sharp side for him. But that's kind of the way I analyse a Gold Cup. Probably the first tick in the box for me, and it might sound slightly strange, but one of the most important things for me in looking at 
a sort of horse I want for the Gold Cup is, do I think they'd get home in an Irish national? And if the answer to that, no, they won't win a Gold Cup. In my opinion. And Sant- I mean, Santini definitely would. Album photo, it's hard. It's just impossible to not... We don't see him much much places else other than Cheltenham and Tremor. Obviously, Ken Boy did him at Punchestown as well two years ago. But he's been a, a model of consistency. It's, it's going to be the same route again. And he's been prepared, prepared like a genius, prepared with one day in mind all year. It's hard to knock, but I, I like Liam. I get the feeling he might have to raise his game. Just a little bit more again to beat Santini this time. The novices from last season. I'll throw that to Liam first, actually, before Jim gets to say his little. <laughs> so the three from the RSA were Champ, Manila Window, and Alaho. Of those. The one who I think could progress the most is Manila Rindo. Obviously, a winner at Cheltenham, now second at Cheltenham, um, has the right sort of credentials. But I don't know how good he really is. Champ, if he starts making mistakes or gets behind in a Gold Cup, that's just not going to work for him. And Alaho, I think, will drop back in trip. I don't know who else really from the, the novice um, events I was... I was that interested in going forward to the Gold Cup this year. It was there's some races, uh, some of the feature races. I'm I'm liking the novice events, and some I'm not. This one I'm not massive fan of the novice. I think those that have been there done it are the ones to to focus on again this year. I agree with you in that. I I'm keener on the the more established chasers. I. I disagree with you about Champ and Manila Rindo, though. I think Champ's a likely winner of this race from Manila Rindo. Manila Rindo reminds me of Delta Work in that I can see him winning grade ones in Ireland next season before just being found wanting for stamina slightly here. And I don't think he didn't stay in the Irish A. But again, I don't think he quite fits my Irish national theory. And I don't know. I can see him running a respectable fourth or fifth without quite being a Gold Cup horse. Champ at this stage isn't a Gold Cup horse. There's a clear flaw in his game, like Liam said, he's jumping. And I don't think I don't think he's particularly chancy. I think he's tentative and he slows his way into him. His fall in the dipper for me was a case of mixed communication as Barry Geraghty had to make Champ's mind up for him. And Champ was still a little bit unsure about what he wanted to do. Barry asked him for a big one. Champ was Champ was a bit like, nah, mate, not yet. Let me slow down. And Wires got crossed and he came down. He didn't really make mistakes, particularly in the RSA. But what he did was he was losing half a length, a quarter of a length at every fence by just slowing into him, not quite seeing a stride. Making sure he got from A to B, but not in the most efficient manner. Now, that's something that hopefully can be worked on. I'd rather have a horse who I think has the ability to win a Gold Cup with something to iron out rather than one who was 
a little bit more of a rounded game, but I just don't think we'll win a gold cup. I can see Champ winning the race. I can see Champ winning the race, but be- before before I'd recommend him as a bet, I have to see that he's improved. I yeah, I, I do. I, I would like to me- mention uh, Champ has reported them into Henrietta Knights and for a, a couple of weeks to brush up on his jumping. So I certainly think that that he will certainly be a lot better jumping this season than he was last season. He's had a wind up as well, which I think is fascinating. And really, I think he he could be up there as much as I was so much against him last season. I, I think he'd be dangerous to rule out this year, and it'll be interesting to see who gets who gets the ride on because. We've seen Barry Geraghty riding in for most years, and now he's retired. Will De Boinville step in? He's got a good record on him previously. Potentially, potentially, or would it be a more of a JP pick? Would I mean there's nothing in Ireland, so would would Mark Walsh get her? Yeah, you'd think, wouldn't you? Get the green and gold. Uh, go on, Jim. I'll let you talk about Lost in Translation. Well, thank you very much. How long have we got? Um, huh. We saw last season he had a beautiful, a, a nigh-on-perfect campaign until Boxing Day. Uh, had a nice uh, pipe opener at, at Carlisle uh, and and won the Betfair chase very impressively, I thought, and one of the best days on a race course for me ever. Um, seeing him come to the last or second last, absolutely cantering. Uh, Plowed through the last fence, but still managed to get back going and beat Bristol the Mai on his own home turf on the soft ground over three miles. It was superb to see. Um, there was clearly something wrong. I just think there was something wrong with Lost uh, from the beginning of the King George. Um, he was never really travelling, I didn't think. Uh, and when he come to make his challenge, he made quite a serious error, which is very unlike him, which made me think there was certainly something wrong. Uh, last season's Gold Cup, he jumped every twig perfectly. I couldn't even I couldn't tell you put a foot wrong. I just I have a feeling that I think he stayed and I think he went on the ground and I think everything. I just think lack of race fitness just lost him that extra length in a quarter that he lost by. Um, the fact that he he hadn't been seen since Boxing Day, obviously because he'd had a slight problem. I would have liked to have seen him in an ideal world win the uh, King George then go to the Denman, and then that primes him ready for, for Cheltenham, match fit, ready to go. Um, I just think that's what lacked him last season. I still think he's, there's still a lot more progression to come from him. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him kickstart his campaign this season uh, in the Betfair chase, and hopefully he can continue the love affair I have with him for the, the rest of this season. Um, Liam, you mentioned that you're not too hot on the novices this season. If I was to throw Sam Spinner in, would he be one of the... What What are your thoughts on Sam Spinner? I'm interested to see what both of you think. They're going to go Charlie Hall first. But I thought he did nothing in his, nothing wrong in his novice season. Absolutely not. He was he was very impressive. Uh, I think it was at Doncaster the last time that he ran. Um, and he was very, very impressive. And... He then uh, did. Did he then suffer an injury? Why didn't he make the festival? He, he was injured at home, I think. I don't think that's the first time he's been injured. If I'm right, I might be wrong. I I, I agree. I, I think he's had a few niggles. Yeah, and that, he's a very good horse. 
very good horse. My concern would be his his fitness, especially now that he's going to have to take on the better horses straight away, um, or, or at least uh, uh, you know Windsor Avenue that he beat at Doncaster is a good horse, but he wouldn't. Yeah, I like him. I just I would worry about. If if I don't know if he's in the betting, but if he was and you you got a good price, he's a he might be. Sh- he'd probably be shorter than that if he makes it. That's just I've just got a funny, horrible feeling about him to start being one of these that keep disappearing through injury. Um, but his he had three runs I think last season. They were all very good. He did nothing wrong, and um, you know he done nothing wrong to be honest. Even in um, stayers hurdles and. You know, second to Paisley Park, and you know that's very, very good form. I'm just worried about his injury record. If if he even has that, for something, something in my my brain just tells me that there's something not quite a hundred percent with Sam Spinner all the time. Yeah, and I, I get what you mean there. Um, but he'd be a risk I'd be willing to take at hundreds, even though it really paid me to go against Lost. But value-wise, I think he's a, he's a decent enough bet. Small stakes only. Um, I think I think Lost will win. I, I can't see any way around it. I think he'll win the Triple Crown. Uh, I think he'll win Betfair Chase, King George. He'll go to the Denman, win that. Uh, and then go and win the Gold Cup. Go to Punches Town, take on the Irish. Let's, let's have him. Let's have him. You think they'll still do the same route with Lost in Translation? Yeah, I do. I, I think they will. I think... Uh, although he was disappointing in the King George last year, I think that was just a slight bump in the road, and I'm willing to put a line through that. I, I think he's, he's per- I think if he was fully fit, he would have won that. Would he have been that bad at any other track, then, Jim? Because he didn't look like he loved Kempton at all. No, he didn't, and and it, it sort of the time that we sort of know him for having the gears and the and the pace, uh, and because we, we saw him over two mile four in, in most of his novices' career. Um, it sort of looked like he didn't quite have the speed anymore uh, in that King George, which was interesting. But when he was coming to make his challenge, before he made the mistake, he, showed, he still showed he had the speed to just catch back up with him. Um, I, I'm just willing to think. I, I don't have a problem with him going around Kempton. I, I think um, he, he should be. He's all, he's all right on all tracks, if I'm being honest. All ground, he's all right. He's probably better with a bit of digging, uh, but not absolutely bottomless. Um, he, you look at his form and he does run on these big galloping tracks uh, has his best performances at Haydock and uh, Aintree and uh, you look further down at, and he's been to Newbury um, but I, I don't see no problem problem around Kempton I think he'll just win everything and it's simple as that Who's the biggest threat to him then? Albin Photo obviously you have to respect um, I can't be having all this Santini nonsense. Um, I think it's absolutely ludicrous. I, I don't. He think, was a head off winning the race last season. I don't think. I don't think he's quick enough to win a gold cup, and that's. But he proved he was. No, I'm sorry, mate. I'm going to argue with I, you. Annabelle Fly was a, a neck away, and he he wasn't quick enough to win a gold cup. No, this is different because last year's last year's gold cup developed into a little bit of a sprint at the end because Real Steel was still involved two out. Mona Lee was going forwards at the finish. It and look at what a proper bolt. Look at what happens to a proper bolt 
inelegant escape when the taps are turned on. He drops like a fly, mate. Santini's still able to go that pace. He's not well, as slow as well, I thought he was, and he's well, definitely it, not as slow as you still think he is. Well, if, if he was quick enough, why couldn't he have gone through them gaps? He was ahead, in it? He didn't jump well at the last, and because he, he had it, to switch late on. It was minor differences. Minor. If he'd had the speed and the, the, the quickness to go through them gaps, he would have won the race. And he's I, not I, the hedgehog, Jim. He can't I, just, like, <laughs> run, you know, run through a little thing and get a turbo fix. <laughs> I, I, I think... Gradual. I think he got a perfect lead into the race. He had every opportunity to go and win the race. He just wasn't quick enough to get get to Albion Photo. He was too quick for him. I, 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 as much as I respect, I respect that Santini was second in last year's Gold Cup and... What he's done is inch perfect, almost you could you could say, but I'm, I'm, I can't be having him. At, I, I think he's a he's a shortish price at sevens. I think I'd rather have Champ at twelves, and and that's saying something because I'm not his biggest fan. Albion um, Photo, you certainly have to respect. I look, I quite like the fact that he goes Tremor then Cheltenham, uh, and that's all we see of him. Um, because it sort of adds a bit of mystery about him as will he still come back as stronger as ever? Will he still be going to win such a prestigious race in such a quiet campaign? I, I really quite enjoy it. Um, I really wouldn't be... I, I, between them two, for me, they're the, they're the main two I, I like. Um, I know Albuquerque Photos on original and I know my obsession with loss in translation. Top of the game's coming back this season. I think he's fascinating in this division. Um, but I'd rather watch him come back first than uh, than see anything. And then you go back to your usual rivals and I can't, Manila Indoor, I, I still can't get that RSA out of the back of my head last season. I remember just feeling sick for about two hours after that race. Um, it's, it's, it's not the best moment on a race course. But lost in translation, 14 to 1 is a solid each way bet. Jim mentioned top of the game there, Liam. What, what do you make of his chances coming back off a year out? Obviously, the big thing will be, you know, show us you still have all the ability that you had. Um, his um, RSA form was very strong. He obviously beat um, Santini and Delta Work. It was a a very good race. I do think, so I've got, Santini would have beaten top of the game with a better prep that year. I think he can beat him again this year. I think also the, 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 the possibility that we don't quite see the, the same top of the game. It's always a worry when they come back from an injury. How good are they going to be? What what ability do they have? And as much as trainers can say, oh, yeah, he's he's absolutely fl- thriving at home, blah, blah, blah. It's not until they get to a race course that you actually then see what they can do. Um, I think he'd add, a, he'd add some depth to the race. But I wouldn't be backing him over Santini. Um, and I... Of of if I had to pick a second one, my second one would be Lost in Translation, purely because I don't think they'll go Kempton this year, and I hope they don't. Um, but yeah, it's top of the game, he would add some nice depth to the race, and it would probably look a a really um, quite a strong race. But I've got two or three in front of him, so I wouldn't be interested really in getting involved with with uh, with a bet on him just yet. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that, Liam. Are they still? Do, do you know if they're still planning on going? To the Hennessy first. I think... Sorry? 
Sorry, yeah, they still going to the Hennessy first. I think so. I haven't heard anything recently. Uh, until we see him back on a race course, you know, they can say this race, say that race, and then, you know, oh, he's not quite ready, he's not quite ready, he's not quite ready, and suddenly we're in January, February, and we're still not there. It wouldn't be what I'd be doing with a horse running in the mark of the 160s for his first start over in 18 months, going for a big handicap chase where he'll have to give way all round. That would not be what I'd be doing, especially because I know, well, it's not a bit of a cliche, it's, fact, it's factual that uh, big horses, and they don't come much bigger than top of the game, can be a lot harder to keep sound once they've become a little bit unsound. I hope he's as good as he was, because he'd be a threat, but I'm, I'm with everything you say there, Liam, to be honest, I think Santini in general is slightly superior to him. Uh, looking forward to him, there's nothing much that interests me at a big price. Uh, Anything? Any of any wild swings from you, Liam? Nah, uh, not not a not a big price really. Uh, again, it's it's quite boring at the moment. It's those at the head of the market. Um, this could probably be. I'm just thinking the champion hurdle was stairs hurdle. This could possibly be the deepest race. Um, or you you could probably get. 15 people in a room and they could give you 10 different selections um, and give good reasons for them. Um, but, yeah, nothing nothing a, a big price for me at the moment. Yeah, I agree, mate. You, you could be looking at 11, mm. 11, 12, 160 plus horses rocking up here. There is one at a little bit of a big price for me who I feel, is, who I feel uh, might run into the frame. At currently fifty to one, which is Native River. <laughs> if it comes up a bog and it plays to no, I'm sorry, mate. Like you, like you mentioned, Animal Fly and Manella Rocco was finished placed in this race. You know, back when me and you were first getting into racing, Mon Mon finishing place. Native River was still good last year. Was still all good, and it had been what tens, twelves for the Gold Cup. Had had he turned up there. Look, obviously, he's coming back off an injury, and it'll be his, you know, five years since his first win in the Gold Cup last time out. But it's not inconceivable that the ground is very, very slow at Cheltenham. And therefore, that means I don't think it's inconceivable that Native River runs into a place, you know, his form last season was still 160 plus. I'd I'd love for him to to make the frame again, and I think fifty to one underestimates the potential that he might do. Uh, before we move on to talking about the novice chases and novice hurdlers for next year, we've got three more instalments of our Turf Talk Twelve. It's Ed Priest, Luca Viscoliosa, and Matt Rennie. Hello, thanks so much for having me back. I'm going to be quite brave and put up a once-raced horse from my 15 bumper horses to follow, and I'll use Richard Hoyles' pronunciation of Hoy Poloi. Now, in this race at Kempton, they raced pretty slowly to begin with, and entering the back straight, that pace still hadn't quickened. Entering the home turn, however, they're starting to race 
and this lad is still traveling really comfortably tucked away amongst runners entering the straight he's looking for some room and i count four times where the jockey has that gap shut eventually he's taken back and absolutely flies down the outside displaying a fantastic turn of foot to win if there had been more room earlier on then i see no reason why he couldn't have won by a fair bit further the form of this race has taken a good boost with the second third and fifth all winning next time out we know what a good trainer Emma Lavelle is, and with the way that he quickened, I expect he'll stick to two miles, certainly to begin with. Fingers crossed that he can have a really productive season, and best of luck, everyone. My turf talk course to follow this season for the upcoming jumps campaign is the Evan Williams trained Mac the Man. He won two times over hurdles last season, one at Sandown before Christmas when he beat some fairly nice nice horses in behind. He had Protecarat in behind, a useful horse with Dan Skeltons, who had some nice novice form and was well fancy for the Coral Cup, I do believe it was, at the Cheltenham Festival. He was quite he's quite a smart horse. And he also beat the recent Kingwell Hurdle winner, the rearranged Kingwell Hurdle winner, Song for Someone. And in that race, Coming down to the last, Adam Wedge hadn't moved a muscle and he was cantering all over a, a subsequent Grade 2 winner, which shows how much class McNamara has. He was well fancy for the Imperial Cup before Cheltenham, but unfortunately that fell victim to the terrible weather we had over the course of the winter when it didn't really stop raining. I think he would have gone very, very close in that Imperial Cup. He was, well, I think he was favourite anti-post all week for that and he was well fancied, but unfortunately, as, as I mentioned before, the, the wet weather came and uh, it didn't happen. He was brought down coming down to the last, brought down at the last, sorry, in the Betfair Hurdle. He was in and around the ruck going down to the last, but lightly squeezed, came down. He brought down Harambe. It was like a domino effect, really, where McNamara had no room, nowhere to go, and unfortunately came down. He would have definitely been involved in that finish. Whether or not he would have won, I'm not too sure, but he was in contention coming down to the last, and it was quite unfortunate, really. And I think he's a horse who, who really fell victim to the sort of COVID-19 loss of racing, really, because I think he was just coming into his own again, and he looks a very nice horse going forward. He's that sort of horse to me. He's on that borderline of handicap slash graded company now he's only six so he's got plenty of improvement to come plenty of racing ahead of him as well he's not had too much racing either i don't think and i and look i spoke to evan williams a couple of weeks ago when i went to his yard and he seems quite keen on mac the man he's a horse to me who he jumps nicely he's a smooth traveler and i think there'll be a big handicap in him this season if not graduate into sort of that kingwell slash elite hurdle grade of grade two and we can see where we go from there but for me he's a horse to keep on the right side of a young horse improving fast and i definitely think he'll be a nice horse to look forward to over the course of the jump season hi guys hi everyone at the turf talk team i hope you're all staying safe in these times still it only feels like a week ago where we were doing the flat horse to follow but now it's the jumps the big boys and the better boys are back in action and my one to follow is latest exhibition who was one of the stars of the novice hurdle division last year his cv to date is absolutely fantastic and he was slightly underappreciated still last season of course he finished second to abacadabra at navin in november but then he smashed up andy dufresne in the navin novices hurdle and didn't get the recognition for that until he was impressive in the grade one two mile six furlong novice at the dublin festival but his best run last season arguably came at the Cheltenham Festival in a thrilling Albert Bartlett novices hurdle. He was only beaten a neck into second by Monkfish with Fury Rose only a nose back in third. And those three set a really, really high standard for the Irish novice chase division this year. With Time Hill back in fourth that day, they were miles clear of the others. And that race looks to be an incredibly strong and a very good pointer to any division, whether that be the staying hurdles or in this case, the novice chase division this year. Why could he be better than Monkfish? Well, I thought 
any all three of those top three could be having a ding-dong battle with each other this season over fences in Ireland, especially over the staying novice trips. But I fancy latest exhibition more because he seems to just have that little bit more quality and goes really, really well on a sound surface. So he'll be peaking when it comes back to the spring festivals. And just wouldn't it be nice for Brian Cooper to be back in the big stage proper? He's been through a tough time of it since his... Jigginstown ended, Jigginstown retainer ended, and so too for Paul Nolan. Those two have teamed up for some great successes in the past, and I think latest exhibition will be the one to throw them back into the limelight this season. Good luck, everyone, and stay safe. So now it's time to look at the novice chasers and hurdlers. We'll do them as all one big blob, uh, rather than focusing on the individual races, because who knows who will actually end up where. Uh, prices at the minute for the Arkle, 7-2, Shishkin, 14's Darvastar, and Envoile, and same price, Charger, 20's Chantry House, Felix Deji, and Unaccepted. For the RSA, Envoile is 8-1 favourite, 10's Monkfish, 14's Latest Exhibition, and Lebere, 20's Courtmaid, Dioker, If the Cat Fits, The Big Getaway, and Time Hill, who is staying over hurdles. And then for the Marsh, you get 3-1 for Onvalen to win this. 12 Shishkin, 16 Shantry House, Galvin, Honeysuckle, The Big Getaway, 20s Darvastar, Monkfish and Time Hill. Uh, like I said, there's, there's lots of lots more interesting novices as well for this season. The likes of Easy Work. Who could be a nice one? Jim's a fan of Fiddler on the Roof, Fusel Raffles. Glynny's 33s. Uh, I guess the place we'd want to start, the well, I want to start, James, is on violin. I think potentially this is the best horse I've ever seen. Yeah, and you certainly couldn't disagree with that. Uh, his form is inch perfect. Nine career starts, nine wins, and arguably at the top of his game last time in the Ballymore. Um, Brushed aside a field that how you all expected him to. Um, he's got gears, he can stay, and I'm looking forward to him jump a fence because he's always had the nice scope to, to progress for fences. Um, I think he, in time he will make a three mile chase, so he's, he's a Gold Cup winner in future, future years. Um, his form's rock solid. He is one of the best horses in training and the, the most exciting to go chasing this season. Uh, he deserves to be head of every single chase market other than the Arkle um, and two mile far onwards even though he, we have seen he's got the speed for two mile in the past um, I think he's, he's seen to best effect over, over a further distance uh, having won that point to point early on in his career um, three miles will certainly be up his street and I, I think going to the marsh would be the most logical one for, for me and then next season Look for three miles staying chases for more up his street. Uh, I think I think three to one for the marsh is a respectable price because you know that you more than likely if he does turn up he will be four to nine, four to six, uh, barring that he's been inch perfect throughout the season, which on his career so far you certainly couldn't put haste against that. I just think he's a bit monstrously. And what about you? Uh, I think you said you think he could be the best horse you've seen or, or at least in recent years I I think he is an absolute machine I hate using that phrase or, or that word I think he is he will 
win all of his races this year. I don't see him getting beaten anything. I could see him, he could win the Marsh and then win the RSA in the same year. (laughs) I really do think he is that classy. Um, And yeah, he could, he's got the speed for two. I think he can stay three. I think he is a Gold Cup winner of the future. Just all I want for him is for him to stay sound, have no injury problems, because then we could see something very, very special in the next few few months over this this season and, and in the next few years we could be saying that you know the, the gold cup was pointless because envoy len wins that what else what other race should we look at you know i really do think he is very very special i'm halfway to tears with excitement just what a, what a, what a monster do you know i i, I was rewatching his his novice his novice races Yesterday, I mean, the Ballymore was a good race this year, even without him. You know, you look at the likes of Easy Worker, who I think is is a very decent ch- uh, prospect for chasing. I thought he was a good hurdler as well. The big breakaway and the big getaway should both be winning graded races over fences. We've already seen what Shamblu uh, can do. Who was sixth, really impressive chase debutant uh, winner at Weatherbet. Mossy Fenn makes his debut at Cheltenham this weekend. It's just... It is. I just don't get how you get this horse beat. I mean, Nace. I was almost more taken with him at Nace when he beat Alexia Dane. He reminded me there of, of Dimitar Berbatov. <laughs> Here just, we go. It was It was just so, so good. So effortlessly good and cool. Like, yeah... Look at how hard all you lot are trying. And I'm better than you in my sleep. You know. And I think Alexia Dane is a good horse. You know, this I mean this fella is is like Liam said, special, potentially a generation you know, generational talent is such a horrific phrase. But look, I've 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 been alive twenty one years. I'd be gutted if this wasn't the best horse in that time period. As a, he's the best novice hurdler I've ever seen, and everything about him suggests he should be even better in time with a fence in front of him and over three miles. Are we all in agreement that the marsh should be the place to go? Yes. I would like to see him try in the in the RSA now, um, just because the marsh is, is certainly. Um, improving in my mind i always see that as almost not quite a, the the top novice i see the arc when i see the rsa chase still i think he could he win whatever he runs in and you know i'd like to see him in the rsa um i haven't had a bet on him yet in in either of those two races if i heard that he was going the rsa i would certainly get on at eights and you know if i if i knew he was definitely going in the marsh uh, three to one is a massive price because he wins it. I really do think uh, the second favourite won't run in it, and he can beat the rest comfortably. I just love it. I just love it. Uh, speaking of the other two races, and I mean without Envoyland in the in the RSA, you've got the other two novice hurdle winners as favourites for the other Shishkin in the Arkle and Monkfish in the RSA. And I'm immensely boring with the novices because I, f- I think at this stage they win them both as well. Are you with me there, Jim? 
Yeah, I agree. Shishkin, tremendous. Uh, me and Lou, uh, Liam have uh, boasted the the form of that Supreme. We we think that's fairly strong. And I'm I don't agree. think it's bad, Jim. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we were more positive about it than you. Um, I'll, put, I'll put on the record. I also think the Supreme is mint. <laughs> uh, and I think Monkfish certainly looks like a staying chaser. Um, I think ten to one's a, a nice bit of value because I'm 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 eighty five percent sure that Envoy Allen will go for the Marsh. Um, latest exhibition. As much as I liked him as a novice hurdler, I'm not entirely sure that chasing will be up his street. Um, sorry, Matt. Uh, <laughs> uh, knowing that he's in the turf top twelve. And then you're looking behind, and there's a, there's there's some nice horses in behind, but they're not they're not as exciting as uh, what Monkfish could be. The only one that I, that does interest me at a rather large price for the RSA is Commander of Fleet. I know he's had a season off, and uh, he he ran with a lot of credit in the Albert Bartlett when we last saw him two years ago. But if he's back to anything that he was, uh, I, I think he he he's got a serious engine, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him back this season. It'd be interesting to see if he start him out over hurdles first and then go chasing with him. Um, and I've not exactly heard 100% on him, but he's one that I'm looking forward to seeing back on the track. Um, the big getaway and the big breakaway. Big breakaway is going the same route as Champ did last season, I think. Uh, that, that's the idea with him. And the big getaway looks like he'll stay all day as well. So I, I'm most excited out of the three novice races for the, the RSA. I think there's a lot of depth uh in behind in that, and if Envoy Allen goes, that'll only add to it. And uh, I'm looking forward to that race out of the, the three. The Arkle's probably the, the the one that I'm not as strong on anything in. Uh, that I, I like Shiskin, but he's 72 favourite, and, and that doesn't add any interest for me. Um, as we record this, Protector Rats just won at, uh, I think it was Carlisle today. I was really impressed with how he jumped. Unexpected was jumped him into submission the other day. There's a, there's a few that are coming out now, and we've seen El Dorado Allen. Uh, he was impressive the other day at Newton Abbott, if I think I remember that rightly. Um, and hopefully the Draconians back this season. Uh, there's a there's a few if buts and maybes, but the Arkle looks one way for me. And I've mentioned I've mentioned the Marsh already. I think Envoy Allen's a beast. Um, but other than them, they're, they're the main ones that I've got my eye on this season. I was going to ask you about Draconian. On the very, very first Turf Talk podcast two years ago, it was this form of a season preview, and Jim put Draconian up for the champion hurdle, and we've not actually seen him since. <laughs> yeah, Good, nice bit of tip in there. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe this is the... Uh, uh, Liam, on, on the Arkle and, I guess, the RSA without without Onvalen, I think we're all in agreement Shishkin should win the Arkle. Yeah, completely. I think the Arkle and the... If Envoyelen runs in the Marsh, the Arkle and the Marsh are, you know, they're going to go off the short-price favourites. They're going to be in everybody's multiples. And I think they will both win. And I think they'll both be... Um, Gold Cup and Champion Chase horses of, of next year. So the RSA is the only one that I would really be interested to find something in. Now, I know Monkfish won the Albert Bartlett. 
leading up to the race and even during the race, he's never caught my eye or really interested me or uh, I've really paid attention to him. So, and I don't know why, I, I, I probably need to go back and watch a few more of his races again um, to really understand the horse. Away from him, the only one that I was kind of interested in at potentially a a bigger price um, I mentioned him for the, potentially the stayers is, is Lord Royal. Um, if he goes over fences, he's only had the two runs for Willie Mullins. But I want to see Bright Forecast back this year as well. He was third in the Ballymore um, a couple of years ago now when City Island won it and champ second. And I thought he looked like a horse that needed further and I was looking forward to him going over fences. He was only a five-year-old um, against older horses, I think there were six and seven, the, the two in front. And, you know, it's all about can he come back this season? Is he going to be fit? And I just think he wants to, he, he hasn't shown his ability yet over shorter distances or, or all of his ability because he wants further. So he's just one that I'd, I think he's about 33s at the moment. To be honest, I'd probably want a little bit bigger because he needs to come back. Um, I haven't heard anything from uh, Ben Pauling about him, but I'll certainly have a look for that um, and keep an eye on Bright Forecast. Yeah, he's, he still quite didn't look the finished product in the Ballymore either, did he? He looked like a horse who hadn't quite unlocked all the potential that was in there. I think that's a very, very fair shout. Uh, myself, look, I've, I've doubled already Shishkin and, and Wylan. And Envoilin and Monkfish, uh, the Arkle Marsh and RSA respectively, I think they all completely double. There are a couple of horses who I expect to be better chasers, though. I retain faith in Andy Dufresne. Maybe not quite as a grade one horse, but I think he'll be a better chaser. I don't think he was as bad over hurdles as people made out last season either. Maybe not a winner, because I think, I think those three are all decent can see him, well, more than decent, really. I can say I think M. Wylan is practically a god. But uh, Andy Dufresne, I could see him reaching the three in a Cheltenham Festival grade one easily. Uh, looking at the RSA as well, there's one at 66-1, to 1, who, to me, looked like he'd be a better chaser than a hurdler. And he wasn't a bad hurdler, and that is Dicky Diver. Uh, the J.P. McManus horse, who we've not seen since he finished fourth in the Albert Bartlett on only his third rule start two year, uh, two seasons ago, the race at Manella Indo won. Look, look, that was a really, really strong Albert Bartlett. Manella Indo, commander of fleet ahead of him with Alaho, finished a place ahead of Lisnagar Oscar. Really, really good race. Looked like a every inch the chaser, winning point to pointer in Ireland. Got done ahead by Lisnagar Oscar on his uh, rules debut at Chepstow. Then he won a bit of a Mickey Mouse contest at Chepstow. And to say that the Albert Battle was the first race he'd really been thrown into, you know, a big field against horses of decent quality, really. 
I know he came up against Lisney Garoska on his debut, but there was nowhere near that sort of depth. It was almost two against a load of dross. Uh, he acquitted himself really, really well. The problem with him being an RSA is I could see him being a four-miler horse as well. But I think he's overpriced at 66-1. I hope he comes back this season because I think he'll make a very, very good staying chaser. Uh, anything else from you on the novices, Jim? In fact, before I let you go, I also want to say I like Felix Deji a lot. In another year away from Shishkin, I'd be quite keen on him for the arc at this stage. But unfortunately, Shishkin exists. I like Shantry House as well. He's nice. But, you know, he's going to be bumping into a monster wherever he goes. Uh, oh, from you, pal. No, I think I've mentioned everything I want. I, I do think Envoy Allen's the monster. Uh, Shishkin should be winning that division in Monkfish. Uh, I think really stood out for me last season. I, 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 Liam, I, I'd advise you go back and watch the uh, the well, names escape me. Spud Race. The Spud Race. Albert Bartlett. Um, because I was really impressed with that. He did an awful lot wrong and he still won. And that, the form of that, I think, is rock solid. Um, I'm quite a big fan of Monkfish now. I'm I'm late to the train, Lewis. I know you were on it first, but um, I, I think he's. I think they, they should all have a really good chance at the festival. And from you, Liam Paul. Nothing really else I need to talk about from the novice chases. I thought it was interesting in the RSA chase when you asked for something a little bit left field. All three that we said were coming back for a year off. Yeah. <laughs> which, means, which means that the, the the novices probably aren't that good this year going into this season than they were uh, two years ago. Yeah. Watch a summer jumper win it now. Watch Soldier of Love win the RSA when we're all looking at horses who've been off for ages. Uh, Sporting John's also overpriced for everything. Forgive what he did in the Ballymore, he's better than that. Uh, novice Hurdlers. This might be a little bit harder, given that we're not quite sure who turns up where. Supreme prices at the minute are 10's Fernie Hollow, 16's Appreciate It, 20's Bally Adam. 22 Flint, uh, sorry, 20s also Flint to Sacra, and 22 Soft Light, 25s Farouk Delen, Finest Evermore, Forged in Fire, Micro Manage, She Wears It Well, and Third Time Lucky. For the Ballymore, you're getting 14s Appreciate It and Fernie Hollow, 20s Bally Adam, Finest Evermore, and Sneaky Getaway, 25s Bob Ollinger, Esquilane, Fly Smart, Forged in Fire, Soft Light, and Sunrise Ruby. And for the Albert Bartlett, you're a brave man if you're backing a horse for the Albert Bartlett at this stage of the season. Appreciate it, he's 20 to 1. And then 33s for genuinely 16 horses. I'm not going to run through them all, but appreciate it, he's a 20 to 1 favourite. Uh, Liam, I'll come to you first, mate. I know you're a huge fan of Appreciate It. I am. I, I, I think from the bumper, he was the best horse in the bumper. Um, I know he was the favourite and uh, that's kind of boring to suggest that he was probably the best. I think the way he even was ridden, um, they rode him over two miles thinking this is too short. We need to really try and test the stamina of some of the others. And it didn't work. You know, Fernie Hollow had too much speed for him. He'll be appreciate it will be in the two and a half. I think he'll go up to the three. Um, I think he wants that far. And I could see him potentially in 
in a year's time running in that not quite four mile national hunt, whatever it's called now. Um, and I do think he would be the right horse for it. Um, yeah, so I, I like appreciate it, but not with the Supreme Novice in mind. He would be my Albert Bartlett selection at this stage. Really? You see, I'd, I'd have him as a Ballymore horse. I, I'd agree that I don't think he's quick enough for a Supreme. But I'd, I'd kind of be going a me- intermediate trips, looking long-term to step up to three miles as a chaser. What about you, James? Uh, I've been, I've been in, I've, since the return of racing, uh, a jump racing, Soaring Glory really was interesting yes. at, at Chepstow. I'm, uh, I'm quite a fan of him. Um, he's 40s for the Supreme. I think he's got, I think he's got the speed and he can stay. I think he'd be interesting at either either the Ballymore or the Supreme. But he's a horse I've got a lot of time for Soaring Glory. Uh, he won snugly the other day at Chepstow. I'd be interested to see what they do with him. Um, there's a horse I'm going to mention in my twelve to follow, and well, my turf dot horse to follow for the season. So I'll leave him in for a bit later on. Uh, and I, I don't really have a strong opinion on the novices just of yet. I tend to make my mind up. Before Christmas, like week two before Christmas, uh, when I've seen a, a decent amount of, them, of where to rank them, I am looking forward for that champion bumper form, Fernie Hollow, uh, and appreciate it. I, I know, like you said, Liam, you're a big fan of him. Uh, I, I agree. I think appreciate it is the better horse out of them too. Um, Flinter Sacker is interesting, obviously being his connections and uh, who he's related to. Uh, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, but at this moment in time, I'm, I'm not really hot on anything in, in the novice divisions. Um, I've got to get an unexposed, never run for Colin Tizard style horse uh, <laughs> in, but but Killer Keynes uh, for the same connections of Fiddler in the Fiddler on the Roof. Um, he was an expensive per- purchase at last year's Cheltenham sales. He's up and around in the betting, and he's had a few entries already, but not being declared. He's a horse I'm looking forward to uh, having won a point to point. Fairly comfortably in the end, uh, he's a horse I'm looking forward to coming out over over hurdles and when the ground gets a bit softer, I'm sure that we will see him. But other than that, I'm, I'm looking forward to which uh, Colin Tizard Cliff horses I can jump on. There's one or two I'd quite like to mention here. A horse who I was well would have been my turf dot horse to follow if I hadn't have found out the news that he wasn't as under the radar as he thought he was, was Keskin Risk, who I've, I loved when he won on New Year's Day at a fairy house, I think it was. Little six won the race, uh, then he was with Timmy Hyde, owned and trained uh, by, the, uh, by obviously quite a small yard, I think he only had five horses in training last year, Timmy Hyde. This Keskin Risk, he beat Favorite de Champ Du, who's quite a decent horse of Jeanstown and Gordon Elliott's. Earlier in the season, he'd finished fourth behind Eric Bloodatz, Fernie Hollow and Ragnar Lodbrock. That was a really good bumper. He then finished second to Keskin Risk and then went and won himself at Furless. The horse in fur that day was Gabby Nacko, who on his hurdles debut ran Escalade to within a length. Uh, he was then top lot at Goffs. Henrietta Knight bought him for Gordon Elliott. Sorry for Joseph O'Brien for, I think, 360 grand. I only found that out literally three days ago, and I text Jim absolutely good. <laughs> so I thought I was the only person on earth who clocked this horse. 
and it turns out, nope, he's top lot at Goffs, so you're not half as smart as you think you are, you dickhead. Uh, but he is 50-1 to one to win a Supreme. So I, would, I wouldn't uh, say that's a poor bet. I, I really like this animal. I think he might be top class uh, after one run in a six-runner race. Not like us to swing, though, is it? Uh, like I said, the other Jigginstown horse, I, I don't mind his Utrecht. I thought he looked quite nice in bumpers. I can't wait to see Gypsy Island this season. I hope she retains all her ability because she looked very, very, very good in her bumpers. Hopefully that might be fun for Willie Mullins not to win the dawn run for once as well. And we were asked about Bob Ollinger, uh, who features prominently in the betting for the Supreme and the Ballymore at this stage. I'll let you have a go on him, Liam. So he was um, very impressive on his only start that we've seen him at, at Galran. Um, it's just it's so difficult. You you get horses that can absolutely, you know, smash bumpers. Um, they win them comfortably. Then they start over hurdles and actually they're they're okay. You know, he's not going to be a, a poor horse at all. He's not going to be like you know, out with the washing in in races. But it's so difficult to work out what is really strong form. I always try and look at the price they went off in a bumper, regardless of whether they won or not. Um, and I can't remember what he actually went off. Six to four. Okay, so they knew about him. They certainly knew about him. Um, you know, it's so difficult on one run to work out whether it's good enough form. Um, I know he'd won a point-to-point previously, so I imagine we might see him over a bit further. I think his bumper wasn't over two mile either. Two-two. Two-two. So they already know that he wants a bit further. So I think one of the questions was what sort of plan will they do with, with Bob Ollinger? On on that basis, he's won a point-to-point. He's won over two mile two on the uh, in a bumper already. I think we'll be seeing him over two and a half to three over hurdles then. Um but as for the actual, you know, races that he's going to run in to start with and, and the targets at this point, you know, I, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, I can't disagree with anything you've said there. Any other novice hurdlers you'd like to talk about, James? No, I, I think that's all for me. I'm looking forward to just seeing them all out and seeing how good they all are. Before we move on, just a general question I'll throw open to you both. Do we think it was a good champion bumper last season? Not as good as the year before. That I mean, that'll have been hard, but it it was it was good. It wasn't amazing. I couldn't sum it up any better myself, Liam. To be fair, mate, I think you've got that spot on uh, above average, but not miles out of the ordinary. Before we let, before we talk about our own. Turf talk horses to follow and discuss the horses we've been asked to mention that we haven't done yet. We'll have the last three suggestions from our friends. We've got Charles Hunt, Owen Johnson, and Racing Willow. Hope everyone's well. My chance horse to follow for the year would be We Seek Him Here, trained by Gordon Allen. He's two out of three. His first run, you can just put a line through. He was, uh, he was that badly up, but he was almost took off the course, in fact. And next time, it was a complete different story, go away. 
cruised to lead around the turn and just shot clear, won by 11 lengths. And then he went to Listow and the fighter won his penalty when winning on the bridle for Jamie Codd by nine lengths. He's only for this horse, he's by Lisa Pimpernel, so uh, he'll be five next year, obviously. be interesting whether they keep him in bumpers or go over hurdles, but look, he looks all class this lad, and I'm sure you'll see him in March at the festival. Hi there, my name is Owen Johnson and my jump horse to follow for this season is On The Slopes, trained by Chris Gordon. This horse came to my attention last year when he was third in on Cheltenham Trials Day behind. Two um, Cheltenham Festival winners came out of that in the shape of Imperial Aura and Simply The Bet, so that is outstanding form. He probably didn't stay that day either, but then he went on to win twice at Kempton. And the first of those victories, he jumped absolutely brilliantly. If you go back and watch it, it's probably one of the best round of jumps um, I've seen last year. And I think he's going to be a horse on the up. Um, for me, he could even be a horse for possibly the Topham Chase at Aintree next year. Really looking forward to seeing him. He's my horse to follow. Hey guys, what is going on? This is Willow. I'd just like to say a big thank you to the Turf Talk lads for allowing me to come on to give my horse to follow for the season. I've gone with a horse who could turn out to be a graded horse come the end of the season, but for now I'm sure they'll likely target some handicaps. So my horse to follow is going to be Dashiell Drasher for Jeremy Scott. He was a progressive horse over hurdles when stepped up in trip from two miles, winning four on the bounce. He had a light campaign last year which was cut short due to a slight injury, but his runs had plenty of promise. He chased home RSA winner Champ on chasing debut, finishing just three lengths second. He unshipped his jockey very early on on his next start before winning a class two by seven lengths. He was in receipt of weight that day, so coming into the new season, he comes in off an unchanged mark of 145. Now, I haven't heard any targets for him, but his form on seasonal debuts read 1-3-1, so he could be one to follow when fresh. Best of luck if you're following him this season. Okay, so here we are, the final section of the Turf Talk jump season preview. I hope everyone's been enjoying it so far. I've been enjoying just chatting and getting the juices flowing. Uh, we have we have briefly mentioned a couple, but I guess a little bit more of a... Just views from all three of us, really, on horses we've been asked about. Uh, James Russell has said, easy work. Jim, what would you like to see the Jiggingstown horse do this season? Yeah, uh, he certainly looks like uh, a chaser next season. Um, he's, he's got fairly solid form, uh, beaten by Asterian for lunch uh, at the Dublin Racing Festival, and uh, he beat the uh, impressive novice chaser the other day, unexpected in, in a hurdle previous to that. He's bumped into some nice horses. He's got the better of some of them. He's proved not quite good enough, but his Balamar effort was solid enough, and you can see him going chasing, and you'd think... Uh, the marsh should be where he's going, but he's struggled to get past Envoy Allen if he turns up there. I think I'd go out of shape with him. I think yeah, he'll stay three miles. I, I, I agree. Uh, I think that that's might be where they're going, but I think they will end up going two mile four. Easy work for you, Liam. Yeah, I think uh, spot on with what you just said. He he's very good. He's been beaten by the right horses. I'm sure he's going to pick up races on the way to the festival. If he if he does run at the festival this year, there might be one or two that are are very very good, and he he might just have the you know a terrible year to be running in like the marsh if Envoy ends there because you know can anything beat him? Obviously we could be we could be looking back at this and going Envoy Lem wasn't a chaser was he you know and but I don't think so. I, I, 
he'll pick up races easy work could he win at the festival mm, RSA would be the the easiest option if he went if there is such an easy option Ed Priest who, who we heard earlier from putting up Hoi Polloi as his horse follow he asked us to talk about the first six from the Supreme I think we've gone through Shishkin, Abacadabras and Edward Stone a fair bit so that leaves us with Chantry House Asterian Falange and Alart uh, that trio Liam it, it is a very it was a very strong Supreme Novice um, Chantry House I think will pick up races uh, this season I've actually um, also done a little horses to follow blog on, on our website and one of our horses on here is Alart because I think he was given quite a quiet ride he was he finished fifth in a very good Supreme Novice and didn't he was almost ridden to let's see how well you can go um, just keep an eye on his handicap mark I think he I think he's well handicapped for this season and there could be a big handicap for him um, a steering for Lange well he won't be going to Cheltenham again because he doesn't jump right it, well he does jump right um, so but he's a grade one animal and he'll pick up more races this season again um, but I think you'll find that he might be a short price favourite in quite a few of his races um, as I think a lot of them will if they're kept away from from each other basically I don't disagree with anything you've said there would you think Alat will go chasing Liam? I hope he doesn't or I hope they, they look at something soon over hurdles and then they could think about going chasing if it doesn't quite work. But I think he's, his handicap mark over hurdles is uh, one four two. One four two. I think that's very, um, very workable. I, I, I can't disagree with anything you've said there. Shantry House, I think, will go off second fav behind Elmweil and for the marsh. I think he'll win everything in England and then get beat in the marsh by the Irish champion. Asterian Falange. Shouldn't be running at Cheltenham. That'd be quite fun, though, wouldn't it? If we had a net like an FA Cup draw where every every race at the Cheltenham Festival was represented by ball, and you draw it out, and Asterian Falange runs in that just to cause havoc. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. That'd be that. I'm going to bring that to the BHA. Uh, Jim Shantry House Asterian Falange and all that for you, mate. Yeah, I, I can't. Add any more to, to what you think? I think Alarts handicap Mark like they've said is interesting. A steering for Lange, I think chasing uh, this season. I think he'll win a few races in Ireland, and like you said, Chantry House. I think he'll be uh, even better. He, he's he's was inch perfect other than um, he's third in the Supreme, which certainly wasn't a bad run. So I, I can't add anything more. The, the, I think the first six in the in the Supreme will all win races this season. Perfect, mate. Uh, Commander of Fleet. I was a huge fan of him as a novice hurdler. He was my uh, nap of the Cheltenham Festival two seasons ago. Came up with all the reasons why he beat Alahol, why he beat Birchdale, I think it was, why he beat Dickie Diver. And then the bastard 50 to 1 maiden <laughs> came and ruined, ruined the day. Now, this is, this is one where I think I'll take an opposite view to a lot of people. I'd have kept in hurdling and sent Fury Road over fences. 
Mm, interesting. I, 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 I think he's a stayers hurdle horse and Fury Road's a chaser. I'm, I'm not sure whether I expect him to be as good as a novice chaser. You sound like you disagree with me, Jim. Yeah, I, I, I've given quite a positive mention in the RSA. He's one of the horses I'm looking forward to seeing back on a track and I, I think he's a bit of a chaser, you know. I, I, I thought he, he, he always quite seemed to balloon his, his hurdles and, um, I'm looking forward to seeing him back. I think he's a really exciting prospect. It was sad that he's had to be off a year, but hopefully he's come back stronger and better than what he was. Yeah, that's that's from Brian McEnany, commander of fleet. What are your thoughts on him, Liam? Hopefully we'll see him back on the track. Um, obviously, that's a, as with all these horses that are out for a season, um, when they come back, are they going to be as good? Will he, will he retain all his ability? I think we'll see him over fences, um, especially as it's you know, it's Gigginstown. They love going over fences with everything they possibly can get hold of. Um, yeah, he, he, he's he, his his novice form, novice hurdle form was very good, um, and hopefully he can he can pick up races. It's all about his his injury for me. I'm I'm quite reluctant. I think you might have been able to hear that horses that do have injuries they do worry me going forward. Um, just just because I think it can be so well the amount of horses that we end up seeing out for the season or missing Cheltenham and it's so frustrating when you when you've been sweet on something for a little while. So I'm always careful with horses that have injuries. Tom Cole asked us about Santini. Uh... I think we've already spent a lot of time on him. Liam and I both think he wins the Gold Cup. Uh, Jim, as per usual, is slightly delusional. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dan Starkey's asked, asked about two, and I think these are fascinating. Classical dream first. Uh, I'll send that curveball to you, Watson. Oh, thanks, thanks a lot for that. Um, he was disappointed, wasn't he, um, last season? Didn't really show any bit of fire in the belly at all really his jumping was awkward he, he never really travelled into his races and he was just disappointed overall to say how devastating he was in the Supreme um, he brushed that field aside but that Supreme that year I'm not entirely for sure and I don't think I think that was a weak renewal um, before, before, before actually I let you carry on that I think I think there is a grade on horse in that race in Angel's Breath. Yeah. I, I, I really like. And I, I thought as a novice hurdler, people were disappointed with him as a novice hurdler. I just thought he looked like a three-mile chaser running in two-mile novice hurdles. Yeah. And look, we've only seen him once over the fences, but I thought he looked very, very good. In fact, I had a look to see what price he was for the King George. Time's probably running out. That's probably a bit too soon. He was 33 and I'd want bigger than that for him. I'm not quite sure what I'd do with him at Cheltenham as well. But I, I, I think I think Angel Breast might might be capable of winning Grade Ones. Sorry, Jim. Yeah, um, I agree. And um, classical dream. I'm I'm willing to sit and watch. He's a he's a right head scratcher. Um, I'm presuming they're staying over hurdles with him. Um, Not what I do. A bit, I, think, a bit. I think he needs a fence. Yeah, he might respect a fence a bit more. That might, that might be the more reason he, he didn't. He's not respected his hurdles in his recent starts. Um, and hopefully he can get somewhat back on track to the exciting horse that he was. 
classical dream for you, Liam. I mean, it, it, he's a bit of a a bit of a puzzle at the minute. Oh, he's a massive puzzle. You know, 2019 seasons, you know, the Cheltenham Festival, and then at Punchestown, really impressive. Looked like he was, you know, a, a really really good horse. Last season, it all just went wrong. You know, I know you mentioned Saudier for the Champion Hurdle. Uh, as a potential, and Petit Mouchoir isn't a bad horse, and he did beat Charger. They were the, the three around him in the Morgana hurdle, but yeah, he, he just looked all over the place, and and then he was woeful next time at, at Leopardstown. Um, similar sort of story. I'd want to see him come back and actually do something before even knowing what to do with the horse um, and w- where he runs over hurdles, over fences, and and what sort of I can't imagine them changing the trip, but they might do if things aren't working still. Be nice to see him bounce back because we know he's he should be capable of better than what he did last season. And I know we talked about the novice hurdlers there. One we didn't mention was Eric Bloodax uh, for Jamestown. Well, I briefly mentioned him in terms of the four lines of Keskin Risk, but we didn't give him much discussion. Obviously, beat Fernie Hollow on his uh, career debut at Fairy House, then beat another Jigginstown horse in wide receiver at Leopardstown over Christmas. And then, at the Dublin Racing Festival, when when sent off practically second favourite behind Appreciate It, just wasn't himself. Back to the form of his first two bumpers, though. Looks a lovely prospect, Liam. Back to the form of his first bumper, I would agree. I'm not sure how well the second bumper's worked out. Um, I know he beat wide receiver, and uh, that's not, for me, amazing form. And obviously, your first run is always... You've always got to be careful not to get too fixed on that form. Yes, he beat Fernie Hollow, but was he ready and Fernie Hollow wasn't? Or, you know, obviously it could have been the complete opposite. Fernie Hollow was clearly ready, and, and Eric Bloodaxe wasn't, and he still beat him. I would need to see more than just the one. For me, he's got one bit good bit of form. The next two haven't quite impressed me. Obviously, he won his second one, but the form behind, he didn't beat a lot, in my opinion. That's fair enough. And I guess I guess another point about Eric Spudax's debut would be Fernie Hollow was a horse who learned on the job a lot last season. He was very awkward early doors. I'm still not particularly sure. Well, I still think there's work things for him to improve on from Cheltenham uh, regarding his own race craft. Uh, Eric Bloodax for you, Jim? Um, yeah, I, I think Liam's put it perfectly. He, he was he did all his good work early on in, and he was slightly disappointing uh, behind Appreciate It. I don't have a lot more to add on it. He's, he's an exciting prospect and um, you'd expect him seeing the Supreme route would probably be best for him. Yeah, Potentially, he might he might be the sort of horse that even if he's not good enough for the Supreme, might go off fairly short for a county just based on that bumper run, where pe- people think they might be being a bit of a, might be being wise guys by looking back at that. And if Fernie Hollow has a good season, saying, "Oh, we've got the horse to beat Fernie Hollow first time up," he's running off one three six in a handicap, and he goes off something stupid. That could be a possibility. Uh, I think we've run through all the horses we've been asked to mention. 
before we go into our turf talk uh, horses to follow ourselves up, I just want to say that Aura Nathane is uh, fourth in the betting for the Triumph Hurdle. That's quite funny. What a great derby it was. Uh, Liam, we'll come to you, you first because you've already picked a winner with your turf talk horse to follow. Yeah, uh, a little bit frustrating that um, he's already run. Um, but the horse that I think everyone should be adding to their trackers or nagmes is the boss's Oscar. Not on today's running. Um, he was very lucky to keep that. I don't know how he actually kept that. I think he should have been um, demoted to second. But he's the sort of horse that I think Gordon Elliott might have a, a long-term plan with him and they're going to hatch it all around Cheltenham Festival and I'm hoping it's the Potemps final that they go for. So last year, the Bosses Oscar finished fifth in the Martin Pipe when he didn't get a very clear run at all. He didn't get a good... Horses kept just appearing in front of him um, and he's finished really strongly. Now, I think... I'm I'm going to gamble here sort of thing. I think he could be the Sire de Burley of this season. So that's the one they're going to replace Sire de Burley with, the Bosses Oscar and aim him for the Potemps final. Um, I hope they get him uh, qualified fairly soon. We might then see him not run quite up to scratch, but just keep his handicap mark high enough to to get in that race before then going for the Potemps final. And if he's got form of like three duck egg, duck egg, duck egg, I will still be backing him for the Potemps final. I love that. I really love that. We love a long-range handicap pick. Jim, for you, mate. Um, a horse I've been a, a fan of since seeing him uh, on his debut, where he ran an absolute cracker uh, of a of a race to finish second uh, behind confirmation bias. His sizable Sam. Um, he's an absolute giant for Jeremy Scott, uh, which is nice to see. Hopefully, with him uh, with a, a good horse again, we've not really seen him. Uh, on top Saturday meeting since the days of melodic rendezvous, um, he, he opened his account at Warwick, uh, beat beat Kadzan, who who's a, a nice prospect for himself for uh, Dan Skelton. But it's it's the impression and the size and the greenness that he's shown in in them performances. Uh, I, I think there's a lot more to come from him. Uh, he's got a few entries in the upcoming weeks uh, over two mile four, two mile five main nurdles. Uh, I think he's in one on Sunday, as we've called this on the Thursday. Um, it'd be interesting to see when he lines up. But he's a horse I've got quite a lot of time for. Uh, and hopefully going to, I said that I'm not that strong on any anything in uh, novice hurdles at this moment in time. But he's a horse that I'm looking forward to seeing out. I don't think they will go for the Cheltenham route because... I, I, they seem to have kept him for uh, not the most unconventional tracks um, and it, it, he's got entries at Aintree, Aintree and Wincanton so I'm presuming that um, an Aintree novice hurdle later on in the season will probably be the big, big target if if he uh, improves himself good enough over hurdles but he's a horse that I think has got a lot of size and scope and will certainly be a future chaser but I, I think he'll do very well as a novice hurdler this year. Yeah, I like that, Jim. Bought by uh, the Kelvin Hughes as well. Mm. Since we've seen him last, so he'll be carrying new colours this season. Mine is another horse who was running in novice hurdles last season. His form ties in very closely, actually, with the boss's Oscar. Uh, it is Brinkley. 
who's now trained by David Pipe. He was with Liz Doyle earlier last year. They actually finished a length and a half behind the boss's Oscar in a maiden at Punchestown, which Blue Sari won. He was then bought by Brocade Racing uh, in January. David Pipe didn't have him really for much longer than a month when he broke his maiden by 15 lengths at Newbury. A couple of good horses in behind him that day. I think they both underperformed Eritage, who won at Ludlow today, uh, and had shown good form earlier for Paul Nichols. He was down the field. I think he had a win problem. He won today, in fact, with wind surgery. I wouldn't take that particularly literally same for Nicky Henderson's It Sure Is, who they clearly think is a pretty decent horse. You know, he ran uh, second behind Severano on his first start, went off five for that race I've just mentioned and uh, was, set, was a beaten odds-on favourite at Ascot as well that season. So I think the Hendersons think a fair bit of that horse. The runner-up that day from Brinkley was a horse called Do Your Job of Michael Scudamore's. He's already won this season at Foss last where he beat Truckers Pass. He's now got a rating of 125. Brinkley did him 15 lengths and Brinkley's off 130 for, his, for whenever he, he runs on a handicap debut, I'd assume. Immediately after he won that race, David Pipe was talking uh, Cheltenham grade ones. He, was, he said, uh, we might see him in the Ballymore or the Albert Bartlett. No, he didn't end up running at the festival. But I, I think that speaks a fair bit to me that, he, you know, two weeks before the festival, they were still considering running this horse after, a May, after one win to, put, to stick him in a Cheltenham grade one only two weeks later. I think they think they've got a decent horse. And the form of the Punchestown Maiden is clearly quite strong because I like the boss's Oscar as well. Uh, 130, I'd be disappointed if he wasn't capable of winning off of that. Uh, he's a big grey son of Martelline. David Pipe's done well with sons of Martelline in the past, you know. Uh, Dynast, Ramsey's the Tay, both by that stallion. I think, I think he's got another decent one here. Uh, I, I, I'm really impressed by that run. I think the form stacks up, and I think 130 is just a, a bit of a gift of a mark if he starts off in a handicap. So it's Brinkley for me for the turf top 12. Uh, we've been here a while. If he's still here. <laughs> we've been here a while. Uh, so I think it's time to wrap that up. Thanks to everyone who's got involved in the turf top 12 again for the jump season. Can't wait to see how we get on. Hopefully. Slightly better than as a group he did on the flat, I think it's fair to say. Uh, but an absolute pleasure having Liam with us as well, and we say we can't see how much we appreciate him and the Rating the Races team support. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, just talking about the um, flat horses to follow, mine actually has its first run, hopefully, at the weekend, <laughs> since we um, did it back in whenever it was. So I've gone for one that is having its first run on the flat, at the weekend and <laughs> Bosses Oscar has already ran and probably then won't, we won't be able to see it for the rest of the season so <laughs> sorry about those two <laughs> it, it's yeah. alright Liam because I think mine and Lewis's have been absolutely shambles this season <laughs> as long as Raymond Tusk wins we're happy uh, yes. thanks to Jim as well uh, he's got a hell of an editing job on to get this on so top man for sorting all that really appreciate uh, what he does for us and what he does for the podcast just a I'm getting a bit melty there, aren't I? But I do like you, really. Oh, yeah. thanks. <laughs> uh, I, I like myself more, though. Uh, <laughs> and I like all you for listening, if you're still with us. Uh, 
Thanks a lot, and we'll be talking about jumping horses again soon. See you stay, later. Stay safe.